Welcome to Fort Dram and Goal. You get a coach. You get a coach. You get a coach. NCAA is going over in this bitch, and we're about to break it all down. So grab a glass, put the game on mute, and let's take a listen. Let's do this. Welcome to Fourth Dram and Goal. We are back, Biachias. Football is coming to an end in the college world, but NFL is still rocking and rolling. We're going to talk all of that. We're going to talk head coaching. No more hot seats. They're burnt. Bridges are done, or whatever that saying is, but we'll talk about that too. Dick, have I even said, say what's up? What's up, Drammers? Thanks. No, thanks for including me on this one there, Dick. You're welcome. I'm just so pumped to be back on the mic and dropping bombs on you. Uh, before we do all that, drop the bombs that are the socials, please. All right. So, Drammers, uh, thanks for joining us again this evening. Um, we are coming at you on the eve of the Army-Navy game this weekend. So one thing to always remember is to go Army beat Navy. I think that's the most important thing I could probably say right now. But in addition to that, make sure you're following us on all our social media websites. Uh, we have our Instagram and Twitter as well as a Facebook uh, that's 4th Dram and Golf and 4THDRAM. And you can always follow follow us at uh, the website 4thDramandGoal.com. We got some great feedback from one of our listeners. Made some updates to the site to be a little bit more inclusive of all the great things that we've done to include our YouTube channel, etc. Uh, so really appreciate that. And and don't hesitate to shoot us an email, fortramandgoal at gmail.com, and give us any feedback. Ask us some questions, and we can either take your feedback onto the show or, you know, say good fuck you and move on with life. So uh, right back to you. Did I say bri- bi- bridges have been built? Uh, you said bridges have been, no, you said seats have been burnt and bridges have been built. Yeah, that sounds right. Okay. That, that's, I meant that because they lost jobs and now we're new coaches are building. I'm rusty as shit, but. I'm excited to be here. So, all right. If your shit looks rusty, you might have a problem. <clears throat> Go to certain schools. Um, before I get into whiskey, I'm finishing this Trejo's Cerveza, the Danny Trejo beer. Oh, is that made in Mexico? Funny you say that. Close enough. It's made in Wisconsin, uh, but it does say Nectar of the Mexican Gods on wow. the front. So, Mexican about- craft lager. I've often heard Wisconsin referred to as the Canadian Mexico. So, yeah, you know, same, same. Two two different countries. but uh, Yeah, so that's good stuff. Anyway. So you also had that other beer that you sent me a picture of. What was that one? That was the Stone Cold Steve Austin one. Dude, you are all I'm... about the celebs lately. I mean, you put up the Rock tequila. You're drinking the Danny Trejo. You got the Stone Cold Steve Austin beer. Are you just, well, the... you just fangirling out or what? The Stone Cold one I saw on HEB, and I literally went, hell yeah. I said, can I get a hell yeah? Wait, was that Stone Cold that said that? I don't know. Oh, well, I did. Uh, worst celebrity drink. Random question. Go. Ooh. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm i completely unprepared for that because I do yeah. like the Ryan Reynolds gin. I'm not a gin fan, but I did have it, and that was very good. Can you give me best celebrity beverage? So celebrity endorsed, I'd have to say Nick Offerman, Lugvolen. I'm going to go Long Branch. Yeah, that sounds good. And the sad 
the sad thing is I can think of the I could probably think of a worst worse one, but for some reason McGregor's whiskey like just sits in my gut as soon as I say that. But I mean, I would drink it. I've never had it. I just can't think of anything else right now. But you're it's talk, not. You're talking about proper twelve, right? Yeah. I mean, it's sad when I could say I would take the Ryan Reynolds gin over it because I do I don't like gin. Except for those long drinks, those mixed ones that I told you about. I think that you could, I think, I don't think anybody likes gin straight. I think gin martinis are good, but you have to lean into them after a while. And then gin and tonics are refreshing. And that long drinks even endorsed by, uh, what, Miles Turner? Is that his name? The dude who, the actor? What was the, the drums? Whiplash. Fuck, what? I don't know. Anyway. All right. Just thought I'd catch you off guard there. It's definitely not uh, Jesse Smollier or whatever his name is because uh, he'll be doing a few few years on felony charges. So, I, I that was more of a curveball than the question I asked. <laughs> uh, all right, so moving on from some beers, you know what else I've been doing? Drinking. No, but I've been sleeping with a beanie, and I've started to put it over my eyeballs. And dude, I am knocking out instantly are you sleeping with it on your head because you have bad hair or because you're cold because i i like to be edgy but not like only in my own time yeah so you know i'm going for the artsy look i'm sure your wife finds that super sexy i i she hasn't i don't i can't read her yet i don't know if she just like looks because you have it over your eyes well yes but i'll put it on and like i can't tell if she's like Mm, you look like a cholo or you're just i don't know and sometimes i'll pull it back where the front of my hair is showing so i've got the seattle grunge thing going but yeah i started putting it like over my eyes and i'm out instantly should i just invest in one of those sleep masks it sounds like you already have a solution so why would you invest in something else i think i created a trend try it i want you tonight put a beanie on no. Put it over your eyes and see how fast you fall. No, because I have a fear of waking up and opening my eyes and not seeing anything. <laughs> well, then you won't have a fear because, you know, it's just because there's a beanie over your eyes. For like a half a second, I'm going to have like a fucking mini panic attack. You're one of those guys? Yes. I'm a control yeah. freak. You know this about me. Yeah, that's true. All right. Moving on to whiskey. I thought that was just something I was on to there and I needed to share it uh, with everybody. You should also try a weighted blanket. You might like that. Okay. Okay. So you know how you're like, I can't, my feet can't be trapped. Mm-hmm. The like, weighted blankets don't feel like that though. I, I got to feel, I don't know if I can't, I don't know. Yeah, I tried it. Have you? Like you if my feet it. get tangled, oof, they're, that's, I'm that's, not, that's not what a weighted blanket does. Mm, I don't know. It's holding them down. If you have any slight anxiety, sleep with a weighted blanket into your same point that, that, that woomy feeling that it gives you, like that push down weighted. Feeling it, it, dude. It is, it is completely like ingrained in you as a human. You, everybody likes to be swaddled, and that's what weighted blankets do. I like to sleep on my stomach and cover my eyes. You just like to be very vulnerable to your attackers. That's what sounds it sounds like, like college all over again. Uh, all right, so let's go on to what's in our glass. Um, I found it. She came back to me, and she's back in my life. Baby, come uh, back. You had got it a couple weeks ago. You've drank it, right? Mm, yeah. Oh, yes. I did open it. Yep. Did you see? Did you find any difference? I didn't do a side by side testing. Okay. 
So I got my hands on the Early Times Bottled and Bond, now the Zazerac product. A little different bottle, more curved top, I guess you would explain it, more wine bodily. Yes. Uh, I have not listened to my reviews on the original that I did a long time ago. I can show Dick how much is left of it, and that may give him an idea of, I mean... It just had to be in the ballpark of the original, and I was going to enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to review this one blind. I haven't listened to my previous one on Early Times Bobbled and Bond, but still a classic, still around the $20, $20 range, still a favorite. And uh, let's uh, let's see what this one's got for me tonight. Let's see if I even notice anything about it. Let's see if I, I notice anything different about it. Yeah, I, I'm really happy they brought it back. I'm happy he's back on the shelves. We'll just see if it's the best of times or if it's the worst of times. And we'll we'll go from there. All right. For me, I am cracking open about halfway through the 1792 bottled and bond. Um, this is a about 40 to $45 bottle typically. Now, this is a store pick, so it's a little bit more. Uh, but of course, being bottled and bond, you're going to come in at 100 proof. The mash bill on this is actually undisclosed by 1792. Um, it is marketed as a high rye and it's believed to be in the 15 to 25% rye range. But if you have a more of an accurate match build than that, tell me, send us an email, just to let us know that we're wrong. But that's what I could find. And this is a favorite. I mean, if you can find a 1792 bottle and bond, single barrel store pick, then I, I highly recommend grabbing it for the price. We'll see what my grades are tonight, but I've never gone wrong with a 1792. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what you have to say about that 1792. And I'm excited to drink it with you soon. Oh, we're not drinking this. Oh, we're not. No. Okay. Right. Well, I'll, on that I'll note, wait. you know what? Let's wait. Let's see. I'm gonna, let's see. All right. Let's wait. Let's wait to get into that. But okay. as I pour my early times into my Glen here, uh, let's get into the first dram. Yeah. First dram for sure. It's actually the second dram. We'll get into the headlines. Um, Rusty keeps coming back. All right. All right. So first up, this is going to be a very, very heavy college football episode. I think we kind of headed that out um, at the beginning of the episode, but we want to hit on a couple of random pieces of news that have come up here in the last couple of days, just for, you know, to knock off some of the rust that Kurt's got um, and to just get some, some humor has to be humor. The first one is the coyotes, the Arizona coyotes, almost got locked out of their arena because they didn't pay the city of Glendale $1.3 million in a tax bill. Have you ever heard of that sort of situation? And maybe you're just like, no, because it's bullshit. Why would I care about that? But I mean, you're a professional sports team. You almost got locked out of your own arena. Come on. Come on, man. Um, it instantly made me think of my buddy who he got in trouble in high school. So his parents unscrewed and removed his door as a punishment yeah so that's i don't know if you're talking about me because that did happen to me you too yeah except what you was the point of that except you didn't unscrew uh because my dad had just come back from iraq and it was a little bit uh, ptsd um, oh, he, okay. so like it was like one argument and i slammed my door and he literally didn't say anything went to the garage grabbed a hammer and a uh a Phillips screwdriver and right in front of me knocked the pins out of my door and literally didn't unscrew it, 
knocked the pins out the hint on the hinges and walked off and put my door in the garage. All right. Well, I uh, did not mean to take you down no daddy, no road. Uh, but yeah, I always thought that was a weird punishment, but uh, effective. Yeah. Pay your bills, man. That's one way to get a team to pay up. Hey, you can't play. So effective move by the guy who made that call. Uh, Mayor, I don't know, somebody. Tax assessor. And then how do you lock him out? Do you just go up and chain all of the doors like Coach Carter style? I was going to say you hire Samuel Jackson to show up and say no more of these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. And uh, yeah, that happened in that movie, right? I mean, that happened in that snakes on a plane, but not Coach Carter. Yeah, I think you're confused. <laughs> but <laughs> once right. again, this gives me an opportunity to remind you, I forget that the Phoenix Coyotes are an organization. And I am a four on a zero to ten hockey fan. Uh, but yeah, I just kind of forget they exist. They're like the Pittsburgh Pirates to me. <laughs> um, they're like the Sacramento Kings at times. Uh, but I'm glad we get to talk about them. Yeah. You got to get in the news somehow, right? I mean, that's one way to do it. Um, wicked awesome uniforms. Wicked awesome, specifically with throwbacks. Uh, those 19, I think we talked about those, like those 1990s, early 2000s jerseys, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, another one, NCAA football. We talked about this in the previous episode. Got approved. Everything's greenlit. EA has announced a summer 2023 release. Kurt is going to sandbag me on this one and say, I can't believe you still play video games. But if you're a Madden fan, it's something to look forward to. I mean, I had some of my best times playing uh, NCAA football on PS2 back in the day with my buddies. Yeah, it got me through some summers at my grandparents' house when we were just chilling there for two weeks, not doing shit. So it was fun. I, I, I'm not saying, I think my sandbagging comes from being a little envious because I just don't have time to do that. I work but I think we had this conversation. You're like, Oh, during my lunch, I put it in Madden and I'm like, what the fuck? Like you just, yeah, sure. Every day I have this time during lunch and I'm like, okay. So I, I, I'm not necessarily like I wouldn't do it. I just like today I had to cut my grass and, Change my kid's diaper and shit. See, like, I did too. I didn't have to change my kid's diaper because they're older now, but I did have to cut my grass. My son's elementary has an electric lawnmower that just rides around. Have I mentioned that on the show? No, it's like a like a Roomba, but for the yard. Yes. That's badass. It's badass, but is that the place you want that for little <laughs> Jimmy coming to school, walking up and like, hey, look at this thing. Like, ha-ha, let me fucking flip this over. Like, I don't know what kind of safety that thing comes with. Or, like, or the dad who hasn't had his morning coffee and he's walking his kid to school and doesn't see this thing coming in front of him. I'm just saying, uh, if I'm a lawyer, I'm probably putting the parents, like, speed dial. If you had your big toe chopped off by your school's lawnmower, give me a call. Call the hammer. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Um, okay, we'll get in. Let's let's kind of pull this together a little bit with at least some football news. The big thing that's kind of everybody's talking about, and we've seen it all the shows, seen it on Twitter. Um, it was a great. Well, there's one person talking about it. Well, it's not us. Brian um, Clark. That's it. Okay. I'm pretty sure that Stephen A. Smith gave his two cents on it. Um, 
the fake slide by the pit QB. Don't even know his name in the championship game. I guess you can call it a championship game. Um, fake slide. You know, it's he kind of just like dips a little bit, kind of starts the slide motion, then picks it up and runs for a touchdown. I mean, what are your thoughts, man? You're a former coach. Uh, I, even though it is just Ryan Clark, it made me feel a little bit better about myself because it was exactly what went through my mind as soon as I saw the highlight. I mean, that's going to have to be fixed ASAP. Like, that's it. That was the last one. Because if I'm the DB next time that I see the slide, knowing that it's going to be a fake. Okay, so think about it this way, my old school fans. I was thinking of a cool name. But anyway, remember the fake option pitch? Like, when it worked, it was beautiful. But if it didn't work, quarterback's getting the shit knocked out of him. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's not going to happen here. They're just going to get the shit knocked out of them because they're either going to fake slide, get trampled, or actually slide, and now they're going to get trampled because now people are going to think, DBs, that, hey, he's going to keep going. I've got to play till the whistle. Yeah, that's going to – no more fake slides. That's got to be fixed. If, if, if you're having to pick between getting rid of the fake slide – are increasing your targeting targeting chances? I think I know where they're going to go with this one. I, I agree. It's just like how do you how do you even coach that? Like how do you coach that? So when's the last time you saw someone do a fake slide that made news? I've never even thought of doing the fake me slide. either. So it, you, do you think he thought about it, or do you think he was like, "Oh, I'm going to slide"? He's like, "No, uh, I, I'm going to get around it." It had to be a so. It's two. It's, it's one of two things. One, he's definitely thought of it tried it at practice talked to the guys about it like oh i could fake slide or two he was like i'm gonna slide i'm gonna slide i'm like oh wait i don't have to and it just that's what i think it was yeah uh so it was definitely one of those two oh man eric krauts with that fake option pitch that was a thing of beauty um it was it was a thing of beauty until you actually pitched it and still got your head knocked off yeah well that was the that was the beauty of the option man and you needed a quarterback with a like a pair of balls you know yep um, but hey, that's why it's not successful in the NFL. Yeah, because yeah, then you got a guy with a bigger pair of balls that's gonna fucking just take your head off. <laughs> it gets paid a lot less than you do. Um, <laughs> all right, so we we talked about this a little bit. Um, this is episode thirty eight. We we actually recorded episode thirty eight a couple weeks ago, and then obviously holidays. We took some vacation time. You know, got to spend some time with our families and do some fun stuff um, around the Thanksgiving timeline. So we've got a couple things here that are actually a little bit um, older in our in our topic section, but I still want to make sure we cover it. And one of them is new whiskey releases. There was a there was a whiskey advocate article out of the out there that talked about like you know the new Johnny Walker, um, the high ride Jack Daniels, Coy Hill, some of these high proofy releases. And when we talked about it originally, I told Kurt like come hell or high water. I'm getting my hands on two things. One was that early times Bob and Bond we both have. And the other one was this Jack Daniels Coy Hill. And that I was actually able to get my hands on. And I'm super excited for it. I tried one sip of it. But what I'm even more excited about is this weekend, I'm jumping in my Pinto, putting all the kids in the back, my wife, on. she's going to sit on the roof. And I'm going to haul my ass all the way to Houston this weekend and hang out with my boy, Kurt. And we are going to try some Jack Daniels Coy Hill, some uh, some Jack Daniels uh, rye, the barrel-proof rye that I still have from last year. We're going to try the um, 
Colonel, or I'm sorry, the E.H. Taylor, the Colonel E.H. Taylor barrel proof that I was able to get my hands on and a couple other things that I have sitting in my cabinet that I've been wanting to drink. So I'm super excited. Kurt, I don't know about you, man, but like I'm ready to get a little schwacy this weekend, man. Dude, we are going to start classy and end very shit facey. I am so pumped. But now that you're coming in the Pinto in the car, can you do the Christmas vacation thing? Oh, yeah. Joy to the world <laughs> as you're driving. Yeah. Um, and, and I'll race. I'll, I'll try to race and outrun some some 1957 Dodge pickup that tries to kill me and run me off the road. There you go. I'm pumped, dude. And throw three slabs of ribs up on that bitch on Saturday morning. We're going to be drinking. We're going to be watching the Navy Army game. I am so pumped uh, ooh, ooh, ooh. for my buddy to come over. And uh, and the kids, of course, because it's all about them at the end. But anyway, um, yeah, we're going to get into it. We're going to have a good time. We're going to do some tasting. Probably won't be capable of doing a recording. So we're going to have no. to give you some feedback on how it went and, you know, what we discovered with those tastings. But, yeah, it's going to be a good time. And I appreciate you coming on over this uh, this weekend. And let's get after it, buddy. Let's For make sure. Our- Welcome to Fortram Goal. We've got a special intermission halftime session from our little get together over the weekend. We uh, said during the episode we would insert it in, so we're about to get to that. Here was a recap we drank and we watched one football game and we drank some more. Go, Army. I'm sorry you lost to Navy. That was a heartbreaker. It was a heartbreaker, but it was a great game, classic yeah. game. And if you're going to have one all day, that was definitely the one to watch. Dude, I saw something online that it was the number one ranked game or number one watched game that weekend, non-pro. And then overall, when you're talking about like per million viewers, it was the seventh ranked. Do you know what the number one ranked watched game this year was? Uh, out of all of college football? Mm-hmm. Uh, I want it's unfair for me to ask you this. This is just a gut check question. Like, what would you think? Well, no, my gut wants to be like Ohio State, Michigan, or something in that room. That was it. That was it. Yeah. Yeah, Well, Ohio State, Michigan. And then, like, the number two runner up, I think, was the Bama, Georgia game. And, but it was like the Ohio State, Michigan game got like 15.5 million viewers. And the number two got like 10 point something. So it beat them by like 5 million (laughs) viewers. That many people watched that game on Saturday at noon. Yeah, well, the thing about that game is, like, it's always that that rivalry game that no matter who you root for, you watch that one. And then it's also, like, I guarantee you there's been years where, like, the Iron Bowl has had the highest ratings because they've both been yeah. good or something. So, But you got to wonder, like, if they would have put that game on at, like, 630 where it had, like, 20 million viewers. It wouldn't have the same effect. I, would, I loved – it was perfect this year. Big noon. All right. Yeah. Okay. A little fun tidbit for you there. All right. So what we're going to do in this little intermission session, um, we're going to kind of put this in the middle of our recording. So as you're listening to it, just bear with us. Um, We got together. We had some drinks. It took us a couple days to recover, to be completely fair. I think for both of us. Sogies. Yeah, those Sogies got us. Um, What did we get? What were those Sogies? Padrones. Padrones. Yeah, they're like 23 bucks a piece. 1924 series. Delicious, but. Delicious, but a lot. the next morning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I've tasted that in my mouth for like two days. Oh, yeah. So, 
But we got, uh, I brought a couple bottles um, and we got those all together and we're kind of do a breakdown for you. So the next episode, I think we're lining up doing our like week in review, or I'm sorry, our year in review, and we'll lay out just a few things. But we wanted to rate these bottles because we had them all in one sipping, um, had some beer obviously in there and they're all barrel proof stuff. So it was a wild couple of days, but I think we've got a pretty good list here. So I'm just going to lay them out. Um, we've got uh, Jack Daniels. Um, that is the 10 year. We've got the Jack Daniels single barrel barrel proof rye. This was the 2020 edition, that green label you've seen us post on our Instagram. We've got the Jack Daniels single barrel barrel proof. And this is that classic gold label offering, if you will. It's about 130, 133 proof, sometimes as low as like 127. Um, and then we had the Jack Daniels Koi Hill, which I got my hands on. That was right about 140 proof. Then we had the Russell's single barrel private selection, which I think clocked in around like 110. I'll have to go back to the bottle, but I think it's somewhere around there. And then we had the E.H. Taylor Barrel Proof. And that's that green label, hard to find, but there was a special release this year. I was able to get my hands on some. Um, so we actually tried all of those in a weekend. As you can imagine, that probably leads to the two-day hangover we both had. Um, but uh, Russell's uh, single barrel private selection. Thank you for the correction there. What did I say? I don't think you had mentioned it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that one too. <laughs> um, so Kurt, let I me, mean, let's just walk through here. Like what's your number one out of all of these? <clears throat> you know, I go six to one. You want to go one to six? Oh, I like that. Yeah. Let's go six to one. All right. Right off the bat six. Uh, this was a Jack Daniels heavy tasting, obviously, which was an awesome thing. Uh, but at number six, the Jack Daniels 10 came in for me. Yeah, same here. Same here. Like, what was it for you that made you kind of put it at six? It was it was the Jack Daniels taste you get, but it just wasn't there wasn't anything unique about it compared to the others. Like so, to keep it very simple, there was there wasn't anything unique that made it that much different compared to maybe regular Jack Daniels, even well, I think so that's my question. So that bottle is about a $75 MSRP versus a normal Jack Daniels was I think like 23. Something like that. Like, in your opinion, is there is it that much of a difference? Like, is it worth it? It packed more of a punch, but not fifty dollar punch. I I would completely agree. I feel like we're just going to agree on a lot of this. Probably. As, as I sit here, I'm drinking again on the 1792 bottled and bond, but you're drinking on a Buffalo Trace eggnog. This is my first Christmas nog of the year. I I haven't it's done good, one good, yet. Good, good. I'm gonna have to get some lactose free nog. Hopefully, my wife oh. is listening in the other room. Um, <laughs> And I wonder if like Jack Daniels and eggnog is good. I know they have the Soko pre-made one. Fuck that. Yeah, same here. I got it. Yeah, I got to make it fresh. Uh, number I five. I need a fresh nog. I need a fresh one. Uh, number five. Uh, so for me, that was the Russell Single Barrel Barrel Proof or the Russell Single Barrel Private Selection. So this one, this one, it wasn't disappointing. It was just. You know, we had several good things this weekend. It was a good lineup, right? Yeah. The Jack Daniels Koi Hill. And really? Specifically delicious. It was great. But, you know, it was what it was. It was Jack Daniels with some heat, you know. And there were some things that at that high, high heat, which we'll get to at the E.H. Taylor, it's a beautiful thing. And this one was beautiful. But yeah, there's other reasons why I'll say. Um, why put the others above it? But that came in at number five for me. That's fair. That's fair. What 
have you ever had a whiskey higher than 140 proof? Like, I think this is the proofiest whiskey I've ever had. Uh, going into the moonshine category. I'm yes. not talking Everclear. <laughs> uh, that too, but I've had some shines that have come in higher than that. But actually, like whiskey and the color brown. Yes, uh, those two factors matter here. Uh, this this may have been it. I think the only thing I've ever had stronger than this was like Bacardi 151. Which comes with like a metal top. And the cool thing about like the Koi Hill bottle is there's when you get the box, there's actually a label on it, like a warning to not store it on its side because it's so proofy, it'll eat the cork and and it'll ruin the whiskey. So you may have told me that. I don't I, I probably don't did. But another fun fact is you actually can register your individual bottle, which I've yet to do. But uh yeah, pretty cool. Um all right, so number four for me, or no, what's four for you? Uh, that was the Jack Daniels single barrel barrel proof gold label. Okay. So mine was the Koi Hill and I'm going to jump to my number three real quick. Cause I want to tie the two together, which was the Jack Daniels gold label, single barrel barrel proof. Mm-hmm. It's essentially the same whiskey, right? I mean, in, in it's the same whiskey. It's just that bottle to higher proof. Cause the barrels and those two specific Rick houses, number eight, number 14, I believe came out higher and it was, a, is an anomaly. But when you think about, obviously, this is a bourbon chaser's dream. I mean, this is a, a rare bottle. It's only one-time release, et cetera. MSRP on this thing is about 75 bucks. If I had to guess, because we saw, no, 67, just like last year's rye. Um, if I had to guess the secondary on this thing, just like last year's rye, is going to push the four or five, $600 uh, limit. I don't think it's, I think it's worth the 67 I don't think it's worth the four or five, six. Like, I don't think this is something you pay over MSRP for. And you know me, I'm, I'm typically anti that. But at the same time, I feel like if you want that experience, you can go pick up a 133, 131 single barrel barrel proof, like the gold label. And it's almost better. I mean, what, what do you think? Yeah. So that's why it came in. That came in at four because it had the, it just kind of more flavors to taste uh, without that heat, that extra heat. You know, the nanners came out a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, and then also what I didn't mention about the Koi Hill, it was just the peanuts were through the roof. I, got, I, was, I was telling you that I was like chewing on a bag of peanuts. I got uh, peanuts with, and cherries. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, and that's it's well, funny you say like bananas. Like that is one of the flavors I love the most about the Gold Label Barrel Proof. Like that's, that's what makes it a staple in my bar. You just get like more flavor from it. And I think it's mellowed out a little bit more price, you know, you know, what are you talking about? 55? No, it's about 60, 65, somewhere in there. For gold label. Yeah. And just to chime in on you, like if you saw Koi Hill for a hundred dollars, just to get that little. I mean, I feel like it, I feel like it's a bar for me. I wouldn't buy it at that label, at that uh, level. I think it's a cool bottle when someone comes over to the bar i'm probably gonna have them pull out and be like hey try this this is cool but i'm gonna put it right next to that barrel proof and say which one do you like little little samples little samples <laughs> so um all right cool and i think our one and two are probably the same here well, my three was different what is your three i'm sorry i jumped over it. that was the russell single barrel private selection i really did enjoy that for a second time but we've we've said this. I'm a wild turkey fan more than you. You love um, that dusty turkey. Love dusty. This is more elegant, fruitful. Oh, a little bit. Little grapes, little cherries. 
I thought it tastes like dusty corn. It wasn't bad. No, I enjoyed it. I mean, it's a $50-ish bottle. Makes me Um, like it more. Yeah, I think if I had to really put this against like a Brussels like single barrel, like the 10-year that I'm thinking about, like I almost like those better. Yeah, they're all single barrels. A little bit different age statement on it, but I don't know. I It's definitely worth a try. Worth a try, especially if you like Dusty Turkey. That was good. Uh, one and two are the same for us, so we'll do two first. Um, Jack Daniels, single barrel, barrel proof rye. You had finished your bottle last year. I kept mine, but we killed it together, which I loved. Like That'll be a memory that I won't soon forget. Um, what made you put it up at number two? It was just all the... Like I, that was the one that we got last year, and even, like even the YouTube community was like, "Hey, this is some good Jack Daniels." Yeah, which it was, was a like, regular staple. It, it was like on top of the list of rise for the year last year. Yep, and it was everything that we had talked about last year coming back: the dark fruit, the dark cherry, the the rye taste, the proof. It was just just a great bottle. Yeah, I firmly believe that if they put. So the Jack Daniel barrel proof is in the regular rotation. If they put that rye in the regular rotation, like those are the two Jack Daniels. I'm I'm never buying anything else again. Like those yeah, are the two. That by far out of the Jack Daniels that we tried is the most complex favorite palette. Like just delicious. Could not agree more. What um I almost want to ask you to like do a side by side no comparison of like your bottle, my bottle, but it's too far between. Let me ask you this. If you put the if you go to the store tomorrow and they had the gold label and the rye, the green label next to each other, readily available, which one are you grabbing? Like, I know you're more of a rye guy, but I, I like, how, what does that look like to you? I'm grabbing the rye. You're grabbing the rye. Yeah. Grabbing the rye. I can see that. I might, I don't know. It's a toss up for me, man. It depends on the mood. It depends on the mood I'm in. We don't have enough barrel proof rye. Like, can we just make that a thing in the whiskey world? More barrel-proof rice. I agree. It's not a not a bad problem to have when you have many of those. Uh, and then the process of elimination. King each, of the mountain. Taylor barrel-proof, and that was just instant because it was that thing where you pour the glass, you both sip, and nobody speaks for a while because you're just enjoying it. And then it's very simple. You simply lick each other and you go, "God, that's a damn good whiskey." It really like, is. that's it. That was it was a confirmation, you know, of what I had said last year about it being my all time favorite. It's just, just good, good whiskey. But at the at the consideration of like the big boy, big proof guys, right? I think it only comes in like one twenty seven, which is high in proof. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know. It just it's got the mix of all the right worlds of things. I think about like the stag we had last year. Um, or no, this year. God, that's going to have to be on our year-end list. That's right there with that stag for me. Yeah. And then I we joked because I sent it to a buddy in a, a picture. And then he wrote back, God, I do not want to know what you had to do to get that bottle. Like, that's how impressed he was that, that we had it. And and it was, uh, it, was, it was delicious. Indeed it was. Indeed it was. So... There's your breakdown, the the big whiskey weekend, if you will. We had a lot of beers in the middle of that. A lot of I brought a, a shit ton of dark beers, it felt like. I we had some Russian Imperial stouts. Um, we had some milk stouts and that sort of thing that kind of was I, our uh, filler in supplied between. the Coors Light for the breaks. 
You did. Yeah. You, you helped us help keep us hydrated. The so we can time. stay alive for at least 10 hours of the day. Give us the early times as the, uh, the, the middle ground to yes. cleanse the palate, mm-hmm. which I got to say, I mean, between early times and both full trace, pick one. I mean, you, you have both bottles at the house right now. You've been sipping on each one of them. Uh, one. It's got to be trace. It's, at the end of the day, it's trace. Um, it does. Yeah. Just because that's that's old faithful. Early Truly. times is new new girl that came in recently, and I do enjoy. But yeah, Buffalo she's the, she's the new money, the young hotness. But uh, Buffalo has been your ride or die for a while. I agree. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to I don't want to let these two topics like obviously be the only thing we talk about. But it's going to be. We're going to insert this in the middle of our our regular regularly regularly recorded session. So as a kind of amendment, and that's uh, something that came up big in the sports world. Since we talked last time, we talked about, obviously, the coaching carousel in this episode. We're going to talk about the bowl game predictions, all the big stuff. But here in the last couple of days, and we're talking December 13th, 14th, two big things happened. I mean, do you want to lay them out? I mean, it's carousel, but it's not coaching. Yeah, no, it's the new thing these days. It's the transfer porter, which is to hate and love. Wait, 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 wait. We have, we have transportation like that? We can just... Like teleport places? Is that what you're telling me? Pretty much. Okay. One uh, time free. One time free. Gotcha. What did I say? You said transfer portal. I was just messing with you. I just just checking to make sure that was a joke. Um, because uh, it wasn't obvious. Yeah, Ewers, of course, left Ohio State all over the place. Instantly said he was going to go to a Texas school. Uh, began with like TCU, UT, and Tech as the three big places. Uh, by the end of the week, it was more Tech, UT, and then he ended up going back to the place he committed to in the first place with UT. Uh, so he's going there. More pressure on UT, more T, uh, pressure on Sarkeesian. Uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, he took two snaps and gained six figures in an NIL deal. Like, the dude, yeah. the dude's not stupid. I mean, he he left school early, right? He's mm-hmm. foregone, forego, forwent his senior year of high school. Went there a year early, took two snaps, made a hundred plus thousand dollars, and now he's transferring out. Like he's going back home. I hope the kid, like, it sounds like he's business savvy as hell. I hope he can play. I really yeah, do. He I have this like in- Tate Martell can like picture in my head that I need him to break. Mm, no, this guy's. It's like this sunshine, but a, a scouting version. No, of this guy got a scouting rating that only like Vince Young had ever done before. So he's special. That's, he that's just came big into, shoes. Yeah. He just kind of came into a very crowded quarterback room. Uh, and, you know, I would have done the same thing at Ohio State. Strout's doing what he did and everything seemed fine, rocking and rolling. You stick with him. And then it's like, do you let him play? Do you use a year? Like, you know. It's just a, a twisted world in college football now where people are leaving. Obviously, you understand how that goes because you had a quarterback the other day, and now you may not have a quarterback. Yeah, um, yeah we'll talk about that here in a quick second. <laughs> it is a thing, you know, shots were fired instantly because he picked UT over Tech. And, you know, as a realistic fan, the fact that that was even a competition there gets me excited for the things that McGuire's doing over there at Texas Tech. Uh, and then today... We grabbed one of uh, Ewer's uh, receivers from high school that yep. was a stud and caught a lot of yards that was transferring from Minnesota. He's going to go to Texas Tech. So you said it wrong. You said it wrong. It's Minnesota. Minnesota. 
Yeah, he's going to lead the Golden Golfers for Minnesota. Uh, How's that a Boston accent when you do it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is true. Uh, but no, the fact that that was even a thing until the end, and then, of course, you know, there was a couple, you know, <laughs> like, oh, uh, of course, UT over Tech. And I'm like, oh, you know, our our past the last couple of years haven't been too different. So hey, sit hey, down hey. now. No, you need to calm down there, Ben Affleck, all right? Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, I thought that was interesting. Like he, he definitely, I think he went where everybody thought he was going to go, but to your point about like us losing our quarterback, dude, like we had this text conversation, the Calzada is, is leaving A&M and he'll always go in down. I think in A&M history as one of the guys who beat A&M or beat uh, Alabama, the only other guy to do it was Johnny. Right. So he's always going to have that place in my heart. But then you look at the rest of the season, he's just inconsistent. Like dude has a cannon for an arm. Can't hit the broadside of a barn. That's been his MO. It is what it is. His great games shines and then crumbles. <clears throat> I really feel bad for him, though, from the standpoint of that last LSU game was not his fault. And I don't want to get pinned on him, but the Ole Miss, the Mississippi State game, those were his fault. But <clears throat> yeah. No, and I read a cool article today. Was it 247? Yeah, let's see where it is. So probably where it was, but they said, you know, three reasons why he was leaving. And the one that stood out to me the most was like, why, why stick around? Yeah, you've got like you've got a stud coming in. You've got Haynes King, who's already there. It, and it was more like, and it starts to talk like pro talk. His, he's hot right now. Like he's, in, he's, he's proven himself as a winner. He took down Alabama. Like why enter that carousel again when you can go somewhere and somebody's going to be like, I want Calzada as my starter. So, yeah, and I mean, that was the one that stuck out with me big time. The other one was like, he's already been told, like, no, dude, you're not going to start next year. So, of course, how do you feel? And Yes, yeah. I don't blame him. There's no hard feelings. I mean, he go to a team like, let's just say, I'm not saying this is the team, but like Colorado, right? You're still a D1 program. You still have some, you can win some games. If he can show that he be, can be consistent and like accuracy, like have a, Pass completion rate about 60%. He's got the arm. Like, he has a solid shot of being a, a pro QB. Solid shot. Not a, maybe a starter, but maybe a backup. You don't know. Maybe shit. Crazier. Kirk Cousins starts for the Vikings. Crazier shit has happened. I saw Kirk Cousins play in a bowl game. He's He's been very mediocre for his entire career, but he's made a lot of money out of it. So, <laughs> hey, you know what? Just got to, you don't have to be good. You got to be lucky, right? Um, um, the other one, go ahead. Speaking of guys who we didn't know if he'd get another starting job, but <laughs> now he's going to go to the SEC. No, 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 no. He went to USC. No, the SEC. No, he went to USC. The FCC won't let me be because I mean, okay. Uh, oh, you're talking Rattler. about the other USC. Spencer Rattler dropped the tweet yesterday. He's going to USCA. University of South Carolina. Uh, he's going to be a game cat. Let the really? cocks run for him, dude. I I went round and round on this because I didn't get it. But then, like his tight end that played Oklahoma is transferring to Cal or USCA, whatever we call it now. Because apparently, we have to talk about Carolina, South Carolina again because they're relevant. I just I don't know, man. Like he played okay. He could have gone to pretty much any other program a tier above South Carolina. You're talking about the third best SEC team. 
does he does he does he think he's going to take him to the promised land? Like he's not Russell Wilson well, going from NC went, State to fucking Minnesota or Wisconsin in their heyday. Yeah, no, and it was also Shane Beamer being the head coach over there because he has his Oklahoma ties. He was a coach there a couple years ago, I guess. Wait, is Shane Beamer Bruce. Beamer ball? Shane Beamer? I believe so. His son. Let me get the producers. Producers, could you check on that? And as they type in, and I'm absolutely sure it is. I just don't know why I'm second guessing myself. Maybe yeah, it's me on a podcast. Sure that's... But he is the son of Virginia Tech football coach Frank Beamer, Beamer according yeah. to Wikipedia. Uh, but yeah, he was the, since I'm right here and have the facts in front of me, he was the Oklahoma associate, uh, assistant head coach, tight ends coach from 2018 to 2020. So, ah, okay. Yeah. So he recruited him. He pulled him. Yeah. Ah, make, that makes more uh, sense now. I didn't but yeah, that. you're going to the SEC. Uh, South Carolina has kind of been in a quarterback carousel for the last couple of years. They had that student graduate. Oh, dude, that wasn't like a guy like 31 years old. Grad assistant who came out and was the quarterback. So I think if he's looking for less drama in the QB room, that made the place. I don't to know, be. man. I don't know. Wouldn't it be hilarious though if he got benched for a 32 year old quarterback? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, depends what attitude he brings in, but but uh, that's that's the Tate Martell. Like that is. I've always said this about Spencer Rattler. I really think if you think back to QB one and that Netflix show, him and Tate and Martell. We're very similar, cocky assholes, top of their game, thought they're going to walk into college and rock shit up. Didn't happen for Tate. Obviously hasn't happened for Spencer, regardless of all the NIL deals he got. I mean, he got a free truck for a year, right? I don't know what kind of cash incentives he had, but uh, I have to ask myself, like, it makes Miami, sense in the Miami fact was that was a better situation than you used. Was that an option? No, that's where Tate Martell went. Oh, well. And he but, couldn't you know, make it work out for Spencer. I think it was like maybe UCLA, maybe um, USC, Arizona State. So, no, he was never going to USC. Lincoln Riley was not going to be like, I want that guy uh, with everything that had happened. But maybe the, the only cool part was that the UCLA he'd face Lincoln Riley, but I, I just, I mean, yeah, he ended up at USC. I guess that's that's fine. Well, you are going to get your Lincoln Riley Chip Kelly match matchup next year, so that that'll be interesting. Yep, because he's not going to Oregon. That happened he's over the not. weekend while we yeah. were hanging out, and we I just so happened to not even notice that. Um, your DC got taken. That happened to you at Duke, but oh yeah, I I will regret that next year for sure. I'm really curious to see who we pick up because I feel like it's a pretty solid DC job that you're going to want. I just wonder if we poach or we hire in, but we'll we'll talk about that later. I'm sure. Nice. All right. Well, I think that's probably wraps up our little special segment and we'll get back to our regularly scheduled programming. What do you think? Yeah. Stay tuned. Listen up for our speech and my quote's fantastic. So you're going to want to hear that. You know what's annoying me? <laughs> you know what really grinds my gears? Political posts, of course. But these stupid pranks that aren't pranks that are popular on Facebook right now. Oh, like you mean the like, whole, like, like putting the a bucket team. on somebody's head at Lowe's and then oh, yeah. <laughs> or like doing a sexual noise in somebody's ears. Like yeah. I I wish 
I wish somebody would do that to me. And then my wife would clothesline the shit out of them as they ran away because they're not pranks. They're not funny. Anyway, I had to get that off my chest. Anyway. Well, see, I would actually be a little bit more prepared now because like you're getting the Peloton. You got me interested in the boxing classes and Peloton's actually now offering boxing classes. I'm taking a two-week boot camp that they Shut offer. Up. Yeah, like you can do it now because you're a Peloton member. And I it's got Peloton it's got me with my jab, cross, uppercut. You know, uppercut. I'm like, I was like, oh, I can up. box now. Yeah. Do you have to get the bag? No, no, it's 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 ghost air boxing. shadow boxing. Yeah, it's shadow boxing. It's yeah. shadow boxing. That's the term in the boxing world. I've taken two like two lessons. Come on, bro. I'm sorry, shadow, ghost, shadow, whatever. Yeah, but yeah, no, yeah. dude. But like, so I lift, but like doing those two classes are 20 minutes each. It's 10 classes total. Dude, my lats and my back are so sore right now. I feel completely out of shape because I don't do punching motions ever. Uh, there's actually one that I've, I'll do regularly. And if you type in shadow boxing workout in YouTube, he's a British boxer. And I feel like shit because I can't remember his name right now. He has a pretty intense 20-minute uh, workout. that, I, And he has a whole bunch of boxing videos. He's like a former Olympian. Um, oh, is this the dude you always send me videos on? He's like, don't be a pussy. Wake up at 5 in the morning and get your workout in. No, 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 no. That's completely different. That's uh that's uh like Goggins, David Gary, Goggins. There you go. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, you're always like, was, don't be like this guy. Well, everybody does, but nobody can. He's like one of like one person in the world that can do what he did. He's a fit like former Navy SEAL Army Ranger. Um yeah, I can't be like him if I even tried. Uh, and you shouldn't even try to be him, but he is a badass. No, this is a former Olympic boxer. And I, as I'm typing, because I want to make sure I get it right and give credit where credit is due, it is Tony Jeffries. Uh, he has a pretty intense 20-minute boxing workout just for beginners. But different topic, different uh, conversation. Uh, workout and sports, they're related. Sure. But uh, all right. What we've been meaning to talk about, what I think you and I have been probably blowing each other's phones up. Like we talked about, I, we both went on it's vacation. It's about the what's in your glass nose, correct? Yeah. Before we get to everything, I was just about to say, let's do that. Mm-hmm. Rust, rust, rust. Would you like to go first, sir? Yeah, I'll go first. I'll go first. So it smells like bourbon. Um, I don't, I don't, we still got, that. yeah, we still got that going for us. I tell you what, though, I'm going to talk and hunt at the same time, but. I didn't drink bourbon for like a week and a half. <clears throat> and because I told you, like, you were was, being fancy. Well, I went to, I took the family to fucking Disney World, man. And you don't want to pay for bourbon there. I actually had, I'll tell you what, I had two glasses of Buffalo Trace like the third night there and I was sloshed. Ah, oh, man. Nothing wrong with that. So nuts, like peanuts, cherries. Oh my God. What is that? It's, um, I can see it. It's like a toffee. A little bit of barrel spice, but like cherries, red fruit, however you want to do that. Toffee, nuts, slight honey. I mean, we talking like bourbon candles and like what you want bourbon to smell like. This is pretty much there. It's a little bit more nutty. Not like Jack Daniels nutty, but it's good. Yeah, I would give this a solid B on the nose. 
So the more I drink early times, the more there was that Evan Williams peanut kind of funk to it. That's that it. Is, that's it. It wasn't Jack Daniels. Evan Williams was the nuttiness I was looking for. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. And that is in this one, but so and it's a shame that if you're listening and you've never had it before, I'm I'm literally getting the nuttiness of Evan Williams, but I'm getting the cherries from Prideful Goat mm, put okay. together. So yeah, cherries, peanut, little vanilla. A little bit of that Jim Beam dust is in there. Little, little, little bit. Dusty turkey. But that that little hint of the prideful goat cherry. Oh, man. I love it. I'm not going to lie. I'm going solid A minus. A minus. Grade wise, that still amazes me for $20. Yeah. Grade wise, that sounds similar to what we've given early times in the past. Mm. All right. All right. Uh, Good stuff. Now, this is the topic that you gave your big spiel on. So I guess I'll take the spiel this time. Go for it. We have been in constant communication. And if you've listened to our show before, there is one thing that really just gets us going six to midnight real fast. And that is coaching changes. I don't know why. I don't know why. Like, that's just something that we've always gotten excited about. I think it's because we can always chime in and put our two cents in. uh, And we can be super duper couch warriors on that. Yeah. Uh, And that's just exciting thing. Who's going to new school? Who's doing this and that? But I have a theory. I have a theory why we care. Why? It's because it's like the bachelor, but for like, coaching football that is awesome you think we live vicariously like through this oh of course why not i I wish i was getting hired yeah i wish i no 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 no. i wish i was getting fired and being paid 17 million dollars that's really where i'm at with that yes so like for me this is like what's been going on i am like the guy from scary movie that it just explodes because that's how excited i am about all this like this has been a coach's change dream with all the stuff that's gone down the last week in college football. I, so we're going to get into that. Can I ask you a question before we get into it though? Sure. In recent memory, and I mean recent memory, I know it's sometime you can reference like 1974. It was crazy like this. Has oh, it ever been this crazy? Um, Cause we haven't I, even okay. layered in like school realignments this year. No, no. And I think it's a fair question. I think you haven't had it. Like this all at once. Okay. So like, like within Lincoln two weeks. And, yeah. So Lincoln and Brian Kelly, like the fact that those two were, that's usually like a once a year thing. Yeah. You know, you can think of the Belichick going on stage, putting the note, walking off on the jets. Like that was a cool instance. Um, you can think of the Jimmy leaving and then Barry Switzer coming in. That was a random act, but like this many Big name changes, and maybe it's just the world of social media. Like, this is a pretty, like, this is I don't dramatic. Know. And I don't know if this is going to be a trend like every year now. God help us. I mean, I mean, it's great for content. I mean, ESPN typically is dead this time of year, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but like, not this time. Like, no, this <laughs> week was, you know, phenomenal. So, 
yeah, let's get into it. We're going to talk about all the new coaches. We're going to talk about right move, wrong move, what we think doesn't really matter, but we're going to talk about it. Um, and I think I've got all them captured here, but if you see any that's missing, call it out, obviously. And listeners, if we miss something, like check us on it. Send us an email saying, hey, you guys didn't talk about X. Even if it's a small school, like it just adds to the complexity. Um, and we're going to talk about the big ones here. So we're not going to hit everybody, of course. Yeah. Yeah, and then I'll we'll even brag a little bit because we have been texting as these openings have come up, and there are some that we can say like, "Oh, I told you that was going to happen," and th- there's definitely a couple that we're like, "No, not did not see that happening at all." So let's get into the first one that, of course, shook the college football world about a week ago, maybe a week a half a week and a half ago. Uh, me and you were texting the night before, like, "Hey, is Lincoln going to be at LSU in the morning after the loss?" And we were like. Yeah, he's going to be there. Did not happen. Except we're like, cha, bro. (laughs) Like, (laughs) totally different region (laughs) of the country. And he signs up at uh, USC. This one was so bizarre that all I literally saw on Facebook was Lincoln Riley agrees to be, and I see, like, initials, and I start texting you like, oh, there it is. And then somebody else texts me the headlines, and that's when I noticed that it says USC no, and no, not LSU. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. My dyslexia like, is kicking me in the ass. Yeah, like I did not notice that. So uh, I'll let you take the floor first on this before I give my was this right, was this wrong, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, man. I mean, like you think about Lincoln Riley, and do you think about we talk about like level of success and you and i've had this deep deep argument about like what program is worth going to over another program and when i think about like my initial thought here is i mean yes usc but it's ou like it just seems like a lateral move to me and you're moving away from going to the sec where you're going to get so much more exposure you're moving to the pac-12 which has a problem getting exposure um yeah, you could probably win it a lot easier, especially with some of the other coaching changes that we're going to talk about here in a minute. But I don't know, man. Like, I, I did not see that coming. I tell you what, I did see something today on Twitter about I basically packed up and left middle of the night, moved all the shit, right? But he left behind these two, and they're talking like these big ass smokers that they used to like smoke all these tomahawk steaks on for when recruits would come visit. And apparently there was this big effort to like go pick them up because they're actually owned by someone else. And they put these pictures on it. Dude, they're just barrel smokers. Like they're not even like these massive like trailer smokers or anything like that. I don't know. They kind of threw me off. But yeah, Lincoln Riley, USC. I just, I don't know. I guess, I guess it's better. It's a better environment. To chime in, have you ever seen the brisket that Lincoln Riley posted one time? No. Yeah, those smokers were not being used properly. I would say that. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. No, this is all I needed to see. The first day Lincoln Riley is introduced as USC's coach, there's a picture of him and his family on the field, at the school, in front of palm trees, beautiful L.A. sun in the background, smiling, laughing, having a good time. That's all I needed to see to understand this. SoCal okay? vibes, baby. Right. What was Beach Boy songs? Uh, wouldn't it be nice? Yeah. We um, were older. Lincoln Riley grew up 
I'm going to double check this because I know for damn sure he graduated from Texas Tech. Producer okay. check. Producer check. He was born in Lubbock. Okay. He went to Milshoe High School in Milshoe, Texas. He has coached in Lubbock, Norman, Oklahoma, which I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume I've never been there. But I'm going to assume I don't think it's a whole other level up from Lubbock, Texas. It's like Oklahoma City, but shittier. Another place I have not been. And he had a stop at Greenville, North Carolina when he was at ECU. Okay. Hey, man, those pirates, bro. Right. You're going to throw a bunch of money for me to take me and my family to Los Angeles, California, and I can afford to live there? (laughs) And all those boosters are going to give me free shit? That's all I needed to see. Like, I get it, Lincoln. I get it, dog. Don't even have to explain yourself. You just had to put the pictures in front of the, the palm trees, which who knows if you've ever even seen one. Like, yeah. All right. Yeah, there's the history. And there's the, the rumbling and mumbling about was it that moved to the SEC, which like, for me, that's an okay reason. Why not just kick ass in the Pac-12? Um, but yeah, come on, man. I lived in Lubbock. I love Lubbock. And even I would move to Los Angeles if somebody gave me millions of dollars. Like, it's not that, it's not rocket science. So my question to you is how long till there's a social media buzz or post with him uh, smoking one with uh, Snoop? I hope right now, I hope he's enjoying life. He deserves it. 33, 36, 37, how old is he? Yeah, bro, he's barely older than us. Yes, he's, he was in but, high school yeah. with us. Let me repeat that. Milshoe High School, all right, in Milshoe, Texas. Like, like I don't even know if I'm saying that. It might be Milshoe. I don't know. But, but you're, what you're saying is live your best life. Except for those people in the town. I'm not trying to offend you. I'm just saying because you would probably pick up and move to L.A. too. Like, this isn't that it's not that hard. Like, Norman, Oklahoma. Got it. Like, Bob Stoops is the greatest. He's lived. Yeah, okay, cool. But still. And that's another point is no matter what Lincoln did, he was never going to be Bob Soups. Uh, if he had won a couple of national championships, he would. A couple. Mm, two. That's all he needed to do. And two. That's, that's a big order, yeah. especially in the Big but, 12, especially in a in a conference where you're going to have to play Bama every year. Yeah. But but and besides that, I told you I love that move. Like I was ready to buy a USC shirt the next day because it made sense. I mean. Hey, why not? I'm at the top of my game. I'm very popular right now, and people don't like California, LA, because they can't afford to live there, and I can, and I could take over the like one of the greatest programs in the history of college football. When yeah. our arguments tend to be around national championships, they've got that. Uh, I get to wear my visor. Like, sure, why not? My visor is actually cool there. Yeah. yeah. All right. So his backfill. I, I I think we all saw like this like Venables getting a job at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that it was going to be the OU job, and I think that one made a lot of sense to me. But I didn't necessarily. I mean, it'd be nice to see OU actually play defense, so that might be refreshing there. But I didn't know. I didn't think it would be OU. Yeah, somebody texted me that he was because I started chiming out like the obvious candidates were going to be Venables, Hypo. Uh, and they were like, well, they were both fired there. And they were. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, I, I had I had forgot that little factor there. So, but I think, so what, it started a chain reaction. OU 
LSU, you know, no, it, it, it started this chain reaction of safe hires. Yeah. They had to make these safe hires names that were going to keep the fan base happy and maybe not so much of a transition. Okay. Yeah. What you're getting with, with Venables been there, loved there. Uh, The fan base was calling for it. If, you know, Stoops wasn't going to come back, which would have been awesome. Uh, So, yeah, I think it was a safe move. We'll see. I think if Venables has some, I don't think they risk Venables leaving them. Yeah. Uh, well, he wasn't. You have to explain because he was at Clemson. Well, I guess what I'm saying is, if like if Venables has good success and mm-hmm. it becomes a hot name in five years, I don't think that OU has to worry about Venables like going somewhere else. Well, they probably thought that about Lincoln. That's that's a very fair point. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's a good hire. He deserved it. He's like I said, fan favorite. That's going to go far. The only thing is, I'm you know, OCs. I feel like they're a dime a dozen these days. Like OCs are a hot commodity. Everyone wants to be one. There's a lot out there. Defense is tough. Defense is tough. a good DC is tough. So they've got that taken care of, and I'm sure they're going to bring somebody who has you know a Lincoln Riley playbook, an Air Raid playbook somewhere. Who? They're going to bring that in, and and they'll be okay at OC. They'll they'll be okay on offense. Sunny Gumby. Sonny Cumby was hired to be the new coach at Louisiana Tech. Oh shit! See another one. If we didn't yeah. even put on this list, I yeah. forgot about that. I'm happy. I'm happy for him. I would have we been happy if too. he had stayed at the uh, at Texas Tech as the OC. But he's at Louisiana Tech, uh, which is a perfect. It's a great jumping off point to pretty much any yes, other job. Yes, and 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 Texas Tech's DC just took the Abilene Christian job. Good for them. So, uh, <clears throat> so. I think OU will be okay. If they can keep Caleb Williams, that's going to be the we're going to be okay. We'll keep playing. He's going to get better. Yeah. He I, leaves. Well, and I think that if I'm not mistaken, I think that that kind of ends that domino stack because Clemson will backfill their defensive coordinator. I don't know if they have announced it yet, but I don't think that's that's not another domino effect fall after that. The the next one I think is a little more interesting. So we've got like three, I want to say three or four of these domino effects, right? Um, LSU, speaking of Brian Kelly, like I think there's just so much drama that happened here. And my there's a lot that I want to let you obviously have your turn, but my favorite out of all of them wasn't even the family, it was the stealing of the Notre Dame intro video and literally just CGIing LSU shit on top of it. That was that was the most LSU thing I've ever seen. So he, he, oh, so he took, I had seen, he took the speech, right? And no, just, they, they took the video from his Notre Dame entrance and literally just plastered LSU shit over it. And that was his entrance video. Oh, okay. Well, he's, he's theirs now. So that's, yeah, I guess. <laughs> but um, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of wonky looking, but yeah. So out of, all the hires, this was the biggest, like, whoa, like Lincoln going to USC. I sat on that for like 30 minutes and I was like, this makes sense. LSU, I had to talk out, like I reached out to some LSU fans that, you know, they're fans, fans, they're Louisiana, you know, up in Houston. We've got a lot of people from Louisiana, uh, you know, they went to school there, things like that. And they had the same reaction, like, uh, yeah, uh-huh. we're, we're okay. Like, yeah. 
because this is they fine. had this is well, fine. they they had to get a big name. Like they had to get a big name. That was the only thing. Like, let's be honest here. Mm-hmm. Brian Kelly is their third, like backup backup plan. Yeah, it was I, Lincoln Jimbo. I think then, it was Jimbo Lincoln. Okay, well, so of course, what, you, of course what, you would say that, but but what I what I the reason I say that I wouldn't have I and I, I didn't I want to believe argue with you. You're I think you're right too. But I, I I read that there was a conversation that was had between Woodward or Woodard whatever his name is and Jimbo, and he essentially unofficially offered him 13 mil a year. And Jimbo said, "Well, that no. got released today. That was yesterday." Yeah, that they off they were going to offer Jimbo some big, but it was money. never official. Yeah. Uh, so they end up with Brian Kelly at ten million dollars a year, whatever they offered him. And there's another question that I'll ask you ask you when we're done. Well, in a little bit, um, throw a lot of money to Brian Kelly. He can instantly start recruiting. And then you're like, well, where is he coming from? He's coming from you know up north. He's coming from Notre Dame. There was a coach by the name of Nick Saban who came from Michigan State and had no problems there. I think. Uh, Marcus Spears made that point the other day. Yeah, but um, you're, you're putting Nick Saban and Brian Kelly on the same level. No, I'm not. I'm just saying because the thing that threw me off until I heard him say, you know, was the recruiting issue. But he's right. He's got a point. He's going to recruit whoever he wants to LSU. Um, but he couldn't retain the recruits. Right. And there's already been some big names that have hit the transfer portal over there. Well, in but, the just, just decommitted. Like yes. a- A&M's picked up like two yes. guys. Yes. Off of the OU and the LSU switch. Um, but he's a big name, and they had to get a big name. And, you know, I think the fan base is, is like the two people I've talked to. I think they're like, okay. Like, they're not mad. They know he's had success. He's taken Notre Dame as far as he probably could. Somebody said that as well. But I, so who do you see Jimbo winning a national championship at A&M before Brian Kelly could put a national championship team together at LSU? Yes. Really? And I say this because I think Jimbo's a better recruiter. He has more ties. He's got more of the historical, I would say, roots built throughout the South where he's going to try to recruit. I just don't see – this is this is me probably being pessimistic, but you're asking my opinion. The uh, – you do know Jimbo has the same record as Kevin Sumlin up to right now, right? Sorry, I just had to throw that. I had to fit that in there somewhere. Okay. But I take that back. They're different because Kevin Sumlin had more wins versus ranked teams than Jim. But oh, okay. Anyway, continue. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Point of it is, point of it is, um, I, I just don't Kevin find. Kevin Sumlin should have been the head coach at LSU. I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. Kevin Sumlin's not even head coach right now. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Point of it is, I just don't find Brian Kelly to be um, like honest. I don't. I don't find him to be like someone you can put trust in. I just don't. Why is that? There's something slimy about him, frankly, that I don't really Why? like. Uh, because he stabbed Cincy in the back. He told Notre Dame, "I'm going to take uh, you to." No, 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 no. He did you asked my opinion. Stab Cincy. He took the job that everybody except for apparently Luke Fickle, which we haven't found out the details, like. And, and we'll get to Marcus Freeman in a second, but you're going to tell me that he stabbed them in the back because he took the Notre Dame job over Cincinnati? Yeah. That's oh, my gosh. stance. 
I'm also going to say that, like, in his intro that LSU stole, he said, I'm going to take you to a championship, all this bullshit. Like, false promises. It's very political for me, but there's political. Last three coaches have. And I don't see – this is what I see about, like, the, the great thing about Edo, the great thing about Saban. It took him time to obviously build that there. The great thing about the Mad Hatter is, like, they were they were Louisiana. Like, they made themselves that. And with Brian Kelly coming Nick in, Saban came from Michigan. I understand State. that, and it took him time, but he became the South. Like that's Brian where, Kelly's already talking with the Southern. Accent. That's my point. Did you ever hear of any bullshit like that? My family and I are so excited. Well, he here. is a family man from the great state of Massachusetts. <laughs> What the fuck ever? He is a New Englander trying to pass off as a Southerner, and it is so disingenuous that I hope the the people of LSU have an IQ level high enough to see through it. Oh, you just went Tom Segura on everybody. Okay, um, you know, I like I said, I don't know. I I'm I'm there. Like I get it. He's Brian Kelly. He's taking Notre but Dame. But I've always fucking hated Brian Kelly. Like, yeah. Okay. So then there you go. But I hate both Kellys, Brian and Chip. Period. Uh, his will be the heart. I think I like. I have no issue. I, Lincoln Riley is going to make USC good again. I think he will. He's already got all the recruits to flip. He's made it. You know, we've talked more about USC in the last week and a half than we have in the last five years. This one at LSU is going to be interesting. I don't know. I mean, if he if he goes out there and he wins and he he becomes the man he's talking about becoming, he's going to be fine. And at the end of the day. Go Tigers! So, I mean, we'll I just, see. I feel like you went from, like, Edo, who literally is Louisiana, to Bill Belichick's wannabe. Like, that is, he does look like Bill Belichick's wannabe. Yeah. But, then again, Bill Belichick can show up to LSU and he can win. So yeah, knows? but Bill Belichick has more backbone to not walk in there with a fake Southern yeah. accent. Anyway, all right. Talk about, let's talk about Notre Dame. Talk about Marcus Freeman, who they decided was the right man for the job, the player's coach. I think you're super passionate about this, and I'll leave it at, I I think it was the right choice. I think this was the right choice. This was the best example of the power of the player. Like, this is what the players wanted. And it made it simple for the university. They could either mess this up by going against their players, they could have a bunch transfer away, or they could listen, which they actually did. And the players spoke. They made their voices heard, and Marcus Freeman is the head coach at Notre Dame. With that said, I still have yet to find the details on what happened with Luke Fickle. I don't know if he was offered. I don't know if that idea like came to fruition and that just didn't happen. But Marcus Freeman, the video of him coming to see his team when they introduce him as the head coach is all I need to see. It's all I need to know. Uh, it was kind of crazy that they could have still been in the playoffs if one more game had gone their way and the dude could be playing for a possible national championship. Um, but you can't you can't hate this. Like you've no. just seen his videos, you can't hate it. You see him crying, talking about family and talking about that's where he wants to be. But let's not forget here at the end of the day, this is the job at the University of Notre Dame. As, as much as you don't like that school and as much as, you know, you may have not grown up crying to the movie Rudy like me, this is a college football job that is a dream. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do. And I think it's perfect. They didn't there was there was no other big name that they had to go get. 
So let me let me let me say this. Marcus Freeman, in my opinion, was the right person for the job. What note what Brian Kelly did to Notre Dame for me to really not just I didn't want to see them lose when I watched him play. I actively watched every like box score to make sure that they were losing. Like, like the level I do Texas. Marcus Freeman flips it a bit for me. I don't want to see them win a national championship, but I want to see him be successful, if that makes it sense. I'm probably going to actively root for the other team in the big games I give a shit about. Does that make sense? I mean, like, I think I'm coming a little, I'm I'm coming a little farther. I think it also says something about how much I hate Brian Kelly and his two minute, uh, yeah, I'm piecing out of here, bitches, no questions asked, and walk out the uh, the locker room. So, you don't think the rip the bandaid off effect was in that case? No, I don't know. I think if you really respected those men, and then you would have let them ask questions and why. And understand why you're leaving them for somewhere else. I mean, you went into these people's when you went into these guys' houses and told their moms, "Okay, I'm going to be their dad." I do appreciate that, but then does any answer he feeds them is it not bullshit? No. Well, that's well. Is it if it's Brian? If it's Brian Kelly, I want to go to LSU win a national championship and do the one thing I need to do for my coaching career to put like put it all together. Yeah, I mean, that's if that's the honest answer. Then yeah, I can respect that. I can respect honesty. To your point, do I expect Brian Kelly to be honest? No, no. But could if I if he would have sat there and be honest, be like, look, they're giving me a bunch of money that I can't say no to, and if they've got a better recruiting trail, and frankly, they have a better history and you know more established program that's going to allow me to do what I want to do, you know, professionally. Okay, like I don't like the answer, but it's the truth. But yeah, Brian Kelly's a snake, so fuck him. Uh, Moving on, I'm looking at the list. Well, let's hit the TCU one because that one was a little bit. Uh, the lot, the next one you have on the list is more fresh. That was like two days ago. Yeah, TCU, honey, uh, hired Sonny Dykes. Thoughts? I don't hate it. I like it. I don't think he's going to win the national championship. No, and and this could be the whole like it's a step down from Patterson, in my opinion. Oh, well, yeah, the Patterson getting fired is a bigger question than hiring Sonny Dykes. At this point, is it a lateral move? For Dykes? Yeah. Maybe. I mean, TCU's got more recent success, I guess you say. They've got more prowess. They've got a bigger budget. And that may be it. I don't know. Maybe it's, if anything, maybe the Big 12, but then... Is SMU not part of that group that's going to the Big 12? It's BYU, Central Florida, Cincinnati, and Houston. So there's your answer. Yeah, so maybe stage. it's like, hey, I'm going to – yeah, so that's that's okay. Um, you know, I think I think he can definitely put a team together that's going to compete, just like TCU always have. But, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I know that that one's kind of like – he the, his name was mentioned because he has the tech background when tech was opening, which – you know what McGuire's doing on the recruiting trail is a whole other excitement. Like yeah. he is, he's doing some things, and I'm excited. Um, but yeah, that's really all I've got to say about the TCU job. Yeah, I guess I'll, I'll say this: like as we finish out the like the Sunny Dykes thing, is this not just another example of the death penalty being like something that you never get over? 
Well, yeah, unfortunately, it has become like a stepping stone over at SMU because you had Morris leave, and now you have Sonny Dykes leave, and they've had success. So, yeah, it absolutely like, they'll never They'll never that. recover. Yeah, and they hired quick, too. They took an old OC who is the current OC at Miami, which is a perfect setup to the news that broke yesterday or the day before. Manny Diaz. <laughs> Manny Diaz was fired for basically having the same success that Miami's had the last 20 years. For having Miami full success. Uh, and they hired Mario Cristobal over from Oregon. I don't, this think this one, is, I don't think this is a coaching problem. I think it's an organizational problem. Um, this was not hard to think about. Miami's kind of the dude's home. Played there, I think. Uh, is from there. So, yeah, I mean, we've talked about this before, even as a shitty coach that I was uh, and even how shitty my school was, if my school alma mater was to reach out to me, I think there's a pride in a sense that one gets to give back to where they went to school. And I'm talking at a very small level compared to what Mario Cristobal had to debate uh, over the last couple of days. Yeah, there's something about going back to where, you know, you walked once you you played you sweat you bled you cried uh i think it means something so there's not much to overthink this decision for him do you think manny diaz got a fair shake i think there was a question whether manny diaz was going to be hired again or not and i think word got through that mario was probably interested and that was the decision maker did you hear the story about like the board of regions being so like disorganized and, and separated on this? Like I've heard that like Miami's organization at the very top, like the board of regions level, like I said, is just a, a hot mess of not being able to communicate in disorganization. Have you, have you read that story? I have not, but you know, Miami's interesting because it's I a private think, university. I mean, right, right, right. And that's what I was going to chime in at. Um, and I was uh, as I was looking at uh, Mario Cristobal's playing career after Miami, he went and played in Amsterdam. Remember that European league? That's pretty cool. Um, so I think Miami, so like you, you know, Lincoln Riley was like USC, the, the big dogs and people at top were all in. We want to be back, we want to do what we've got to do. I think, and this is just me on the couch, don't know shit. Don't listen to me. But I think Miami's still trying to decide what they want their identity to be. Yes, we were awesome football teams, but we had some off-the-field issues. We're a private school. Come get a good education. But do we want to be the badass football team? South Beach. What is that entail? Like, what, what, what do we need to do? No, no, no. We want to be a good, clean. No, wait. We want. Like, I think they're so torn on what identity do they want to be the U, or do they want to be like BYU? Ooh, I like that. (laughs) Do they want to be this softer version of the U? And I, I just don't. I think people at the top don't even know what they want to be. So that that does make sense to me. I like that. I like that a lot. And I say BYU jokingly because they're always good at football, but they also have a very, very clean perception, at least on, I mean, they're off. They're not going to go beat 
Oklahoma are no, but I mean they're they're well equipped and they they're good enough to beat them one out of ten times. Where Miami's not going to beat anybody anytimes. Um, they're going to be ranked in the top ten and then fall on their face. And did they make a bowl game this year? No, right? Um, Who Miami? No, right? I think they did. I thought they were bowl eligible. No, oh, I don't know. Um, but I'll say this: like, <sighs> sorry, I just saw this commercial. I guess they're doing like a John Madden like show. All Doc- documentary, yeah. Oh, that'll be so good. It looks legit. I love John Madden. Um, all right. But I, I think I love your I'll say this. I love what you just said about Miami. I think to your point, it's gonna be very, very difficult for them to find the identity. I just went missed the days where USC and Miami were both good. Like I miss that. And yeah, maybe said, maybe we'll get. I, I know times. Nebraska is the one that I was throwing I there too. Nebraska. I like. I hated Nebraska. Fuck Nebraska. I hated, fuck Notre <laughs> I hated Eric Crouch. I hated seeing them just kick ass and being so good. But then I appreciated what the program was. And damn it, I miss them being good. You just made me think. I saw Adrian Martinez enter the transfer portal. Adrian Martinez did enter the transfer portal. Uh, the hot names right now are Kansas State, which he's taking a visit to, and he is possibly going to go visit Cal, which was the team he had committed to after high school but did not go there. That that guy can run the option. That guy can do a lot of things. He's a he's a he's a dude. How is he still eligible? Isn't he like twenty seven years old? He does seem like he's been there forever. I believe he got hurt last he year. Yeah. But I think when they is, started implementing that four game rule a couple years ago, and he was uh, he was like Frost, his big kind of like recruit. He was his big first guy. All right, so we talked about Oregon. They're uh, still sorry, just real quick. Miami is playing Washington State in the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Just to I can't believe you had. That. I can't believe that was a sentence. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Oregon is TBD on their backfill. I did read an article that said that they're actually requesting to interview Chip Kelly. How crazy would it be for the circle of life to actually come to fruition? So, as much as me and you talk about coaching jobs, I still have group texts with actual Texas high school coaches, and it gets intense. Me and you will joke about it. These people live and die from it because it's like their lives. Uh, One of them told me three days ago. I take that back. Maybe four days ago. What's today? Thursday? It was the weekend. It was Sunday. He texted us saying, word on the street is Diaz is out. Cristobal's going to Miami and Chip to Oregon is a done deal. Fast forward a couple days, Miami Diaz is out, Crystal Ball's in, Chip's getting interviewed. Very interesting. But Greg McElroy brought up a very good point that I was actually smart enough to think about today. This is not Oregon's Chip Kelly. This is UCLA's Chip Kelly. This is I'm going to run the ball, Chip Kelly. Not, hey, let's get up to the line, snap the ball before you're looking at your defensive coach and figure out, like, this isn't the same. you can't do that anymore. Right. 
Well, I mean, you can, but that's just not what he does. Not without substitute. Yeah, exactly. He had to change um, the way he played. I so, mean, the, the, do you think the pros changed him? Sorry, not to cut you off. Um, no, I think like a lot of things. I think they caught up to him. I think defensive coordinators caught up to him. I think people figured out how to stop him, and he's still a very successful coach. But you know, like every big thing, unfortunately, Kaepernick. What happened to him? Defenses put a guy on him, and he wasn't as successful. Yeah. Uh, you know, you like you said the substitution thing. Uh, you know, coverages have been developed to stop certain offenses. I just think that they kind of caught up to Chip Kelly, and he uh, he kind of got. I mean, in the pros, his offense, you know, it just wasn't successful. But if you're Oregon and you're falling into the whole like, I need a big name. Yeah, go get Chip Kelly and see if he comes back. And then UCLA is going to be looking for a big name. Who's out there? I mean, who's left? Uh, Norval from Nevada was one coaching change that happened yesterday and nobody knew about it. He basically said, I'm going to go from Bud Light to Coors Light by going from Nevada to Colorado State. Uh, The only thing that was said about that was he went from probably one of the lowest paid coaches in the mountain west conference to probably the highest so that says a lot but like literally you're like in the same division dog like wait like what are you doing like, why <laughs> um but they all one, know how to play you you're like did you even know that one happened <laughs> you wonder you, know you wonder you wonder if he knew they were in the same conference <laughs> yeah um uh, but no i mean big names out there Manny diaz i heard he's available <laughs> Andy Diaz is available. Uh, Graham Harold is still being looked at. Dan Mullen? Last, last, oh, yeah, Dan Mullen needs a job. Hey, there you go. And UCLA, UCLA does the like, hey, who was the last big name to be fired? Jim Moore? <laughs> Let's take him. Chip Kelly? Let's take him. Uh, so maybe. But uh, yeah, we'll see. The, oh, the Ed, o, Ed O needs a job. Ed O. Ed O needs to take a year. Maybe could two. You, could you imagine Ed O in LA? Could mm. you imagine Ed O in LA? Right next to Lincoln Riley. <laughs> At the end of the day, go Bruins. At the end of the day, Lincoln Riley still can't barbecue shit. <laughs> At the end of the day, let's head to East LA. <laughs> like, City of Compton. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but yeah, there there's been several changes out there. There's several, several, several other schools that we didn't mention. Well, talk about talk about Florida though. I mean, they hired Bill Napier. Is that how you say his name? Oh yeah, that guy got swept out from. I, I haven't even. He was he was one of the the names that were hot. Yeah, and they took him. But right he's from like LSU. He's, a, he's like G five coach, isn't he? Oh, that's Brent Pry. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, for Virginia uh, Tech. Did Virginia Virginia Tech needs a coach, right? No, they hired Brent Pry. Okay. Um, where was he from? The one at like uh I looked it up earlier. It was some small G five school, like I don't know, university of I think it was South Central Louisiana State University. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. The water boy. Um I love that you know that. So yeah, I have a question for you if you're good with just the coaching carousel at this point, because we haven't even okay. talked about football games. I, I did read another article on 
it's all great. All these coaches are going to get these massive contracts. They're being fired. They're getting these massive buyouts. But the plight of the assistant coach this year, if you're an assistant coach and your coach is either possibly going somewhere or possibly getting fired, is this like an exciting time for you as well? Or is this like the most stressful situation? On what your perspective is, an ex-coach. <clears throat> well, I think I think this is, um, you know, not just the coaching world, but you know, any job, it pays to know. Like, it's all about who you know. So yeah, these guys are getting to tag along for the ride. So a lot of these coaches are in a really good position because their name is hot because they've done so good that their head coach got offered another job. So that usually means that somebody wants you to get a piece of the cake. Um, or you're getting to tag along like Lincoln Riley's dude. They're jumping in the jet too. They're going to Los Angeles from Norman, Oklahoma. They're enjoying the life. Uh, you know, there, there's other things to it. You know, when it gets down to it, like it's the head coach calling the plays. So maybe your name's not as big because people know that, uh, you know, of course, how well was the defense compared to the offense and things like that. But no, it's, it's just the typical, like that's the life. It's a carousel. You you strike when the iron's hot if you're an assistant coach and, yeah. and your name gets out there, or you just kind of go along for the ride and, and you decide to pick up and move. Um, or you do certain things like you know, Marcus Freeman, who his name was hot, so he's the Notre Dame guy, but he gets to stick to where he's been at, where he loves to be, and, and it's turned out really well for him. What if you're that coach though? Like two you hear all these coaching rumors here, your coach might go somewhere. Two to three days, you haven't gotten a text message on the group thread, and you look, and you're like, oh, I got removed from the group thread. How shitty do you feel? That happens. Uh, sometimes you're just the fill-the-spot guy, and that's the life of a coach. You're a traveling man. Uh, to give you a little bit more insight of how that is, I've literally been to the Texas High School Coaches Association convention, which you've picked me up from. Uh, yep. So there's literally a room at this convention where coaches will show up their their stuff is packed they have the u-haul packed they'll walk into a room they need a job in podunk texas sign up you're gonna be there take the family take the bags and you go like it's just that kind of like that's the life you know and that's, that's what they choose to do and that's why your wife said i don't want to be a coach's wife anymore and, and that's, you know, and that's also, I said, hey, it, it's 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 a respect thing. I mean, I will respect the hell out of coaches because of what they go through, not only seven days a week, but in that, like, hey, you bought a house, your best buddy's the head coach, he just got fired, what's next? Like, it's a, it's a crazy life, so I can't even imagine the next level. Except you're getting paid millions of dollars, and it's different. Oh, well, that's not necessarily true, too. I mean, you can be the wide receiver coach at Southwestern Louisiana State University. That's true. <laughs> I mean, it's and, and and I will tell you that, that there is a lot more people who get paid less than, oh, say, a teacher than there is the Jimbo Fishers in the coaching world. So it's it's rags or riches crazy. kind of thing. Yes. That's a good perspective. I appreciate that. So other stuff, I'm going to transition us out of the coaching carousel. A couple things. Um, just call out and want we'll to get your thoughts here on, on the it's it's reward, it's awards night. Um, when I wrote this up, Coach of the Year Luke Fickle was awarded uh, Coach of the Year. Maxwell and O'Brien both got picked up by Bryce Young. 
Walter Camp, Kenneth Walker from Michigan State picked that up. He had a hell of a year. Um, any thoughts on those? Like, we could go down the entire list. I don't think it's worth it, but those big um, What Luke Fickle's done at Cincinnati the last, you know, two years specifically absolutely deserves that. He's, He's the first coach to take a G5 to the playoff, right? Exactly. That itself uh, speaks for it. Bryce Young is a bad dude. Like, I wish he was eligible this year so the Texans could take him. Uh, I have no problems there. I think he's the – or I guess we'll say that in a second. Walter Kemp, Kenneth Walker the third. I mean, he's been in the Heisman talk all year, a race this year that until recently was pretty tight and nobody knew who was going to take it, so absolutely mm-hmm. uh, deserving. Uh, do you want to talk Heisman prediction now? Oh, yeah, we got the four finalists, Bryce Young, Aiden Hutchinson, Kenny Pickett, C.J. Stroud. Uh, I'll say this when I pulled up the odds. I don't know what they mean, but you can obviously do the plus minuses. Minuses mean um, it's a lot more of a favorite. Pluses mean you're less of a favorite. Bryce Young was a negative 6,000 favorite. Um, Aiden Hutchinson had a plus 1,000. I think Kenny Pickett was like a plus four. And uh, CJ Stroud was like a plus 6,000. So what I'm saying is Bryce Young is the odds on favorite for the Heisman, which is weird because typically they give the Maxwell and or the O'Brien to the runner up for, mm-hmm. but I mean, do you think, but I think last year was an anomaly as well. Do you think Bryce, Bryce Young picks up this Heisman? I mean, is that where your money's at? Yes. I think mm-hmm. he's an overwhelming favorite, especially because they did walk away with the SEC championship. I will say this Hutchinson. I do hope the Texans take him. Well, he's, he's uh, I do think number one. I do think what he did in the Ohio state game is the biggest, like the moment of the year. You know, you're yeah. always looking for that moment. I think what he did in that game stands out. Uh, but Bryce Young is so good, man. Yeah. Well, uh, Kenny Pickett, say- unfortunately, they had some rough games at the end of the year. Uh, he's solid, but you know, he just he doesn't get to play in the SEC every week. And then CJ Stroud, unfortunately, the last thing we saw him doing was losing to Michigan. Uh, so that wasn't good on the resume. Now, if he would have won that game, I think this is a much tighter conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say Aiden Hutchinson being a defensive end from Michigan, I mean, being that high, highly rated, that's that's a I mean, he's gonna be the number one overall pick. Um, I think to your point, if Michigan doesn't win that game, he's not on the list. Same thing, CJ and Bryce is a much tighter race. But I would also argue that I don't know so much that this is Bryce Young running away with the award because he had such an amazing year is that I felt like this year was just kind of a lot of good play by quite a few players, but not like a Manziel letter. And I don't, I'm just using him as an example. But There was no Manziel. There was no Lamar Jackson. Thank you. Yes, that's, that's what uh, There was a lot of, you know, Robert Griffin's of greatness, you know. Uh, Robert Griffin was, was a bad dude. Let's we, not get it twisted. We beat him his – Heisman year. So that doesn't mean he wasn't. I mean, he was. I'm Baylor, just, I'm just saying, Baylor, you know, we get it. We get it. He, uh, he did build that house. He did build McLean Stadium. Um, yeah. So he threw me off with the Robert Griffin thing. Yeah. Bryce. Young's I like to do that. Bryce Young is going to be the Heisman trophy winner. I'm only better at you when you're off your game. So I got to do something. I, I, I'm going to say, I think I've been on fire tonight there, buddy. I, I will, I will actually, mm, yeah, I'll agree with you. So before we go and get into the fourth dram, let's go ahead and give our palate and tasting notes on what's in our glass. So, Kurt, you kick us off, sir. What do you got, man? So initially with the nosing 
I did feel like there was an improvement to this bottle, and it could be the exact same recipe for all I know. With the palate, it's the same. Vanilla, oak, classic, little nuttiness, like I said, on the, the nose. But then it's the same in terms of it's so smooth, and then boom, jacked up on a roller coaster like to, to 20. Uh, the the high heat kicks in, ethanol taste is there. Um, but you know, like me and you, 101 proof is uh, you know, that's a baby sipper to us sometimes. I'm sorry, 100 proof, but to a lot of people, sipping on 100 proof is you may as well be giving them Everclear because they just they aren't adapt to it and and uh, it, it can be some strong stuff. So that is there. It is a classic smells or classic tastes, vanilla, oak, and then just like the previous bottle, it has that whoosh at the back end of the tongue. Whoosh. I like that. I'm going to go B plus on um, my palate. And this is not going on the reel, but it is 36 to 20 with five minutes left in this game. And Kirk Cousins just threw a pick and the Steelers just took it back to the 20 yard line. How do the Steelers have a fucking chance in this game that they still have a chance? <laughs> like that was almost a pick six. You know how? Because Kirk Cousins is your quarterback. <laughs> the man can't win a game. Has great stats, but can't win a fucking game. <laughs> anyway. All right. So, all right. So, I I love that review because you said a lot without saying much. Actually, you didn't say much with saying a lot. Whatever. However it goes. It's early times, man. Just keep it basic. I will say this. When I think about early times... There's so much more flavor on that than there is a 1792. Like you get a little bit of cherries. It's like a little bit of everything, honey, but oakiness, cherries, berries, a little nanner on there. Um, there's everything good, nothing amazing, but nothing bad. Does that make sense? Sounds like most bourbons. Yeah, it's classic bourbon. I'm gonna give it a B. Nice. Thank you for the simplicity. Uh, fourth dram, my friend. Let's do it. All right. So fourth dram, I've been emceeing tonight, so I'll just keep rolling with this. It is getting to that time of the year where nothing else really matters except family, food, and of course, Funyuns. I'm just kidding. I mean, football. So football. Do you ever remember a time where you did not like go with this lull of college football and then say, holy shit, the Bahamas Bowl is tomorrow. I can't wait to watch it. Like, do you not love that time of the year? Like, you know, Christmas is right around the corner. You're going to have some time off. Like it's Christmas, it's Bahamas Bowl, Christmas, New Year's, New Year's Six Bowls, college championship. Like it's a great time of year. I'm, I'm so excited we're here. And then it's such sadness and disappointment after, honestly, not even the championship game. It's after, like, January 4th. You're like, oh, shit, now it's actually winter in Texas. Like, 
Are you excited? I am, and I know exactly what you're talking about. It's random companies, random ass bowls, but it's a great matchup. So you're yeah. like, I'm gonna tune in. And you're like, uh, how is how is that company sponsoring a bowl game this year? Oh, I like to say, you know, I thought tech was gonna play in the we're gonna be bankrupt next year bowl, uh, but they ended up being a pretty good one. And then it's like the most random ass times of the day. Like you'll be walking around, it's Wednesday and it's like 2 p.m. And it's like, oh, there's a bowl game coming on with two pretty good game teams. So, oh, yeah, it's a fucking pinstripe bowl. Yeah, let's watch that. It is a good one now. It's, it's a beautiful scenery over there in Yankee Stadium. It is. I, I, I do love the fact, not just that, but you get to watch teams that you never think would actually play each other, first off. Or they've never, you'll see that classic stat when that game kicks off. This is the first time since 1927 that these two teams have played each other and they have a record of three and two against each other. Like it fucking matters, you know, like just those bullshit stats. And then on the flip side, this year is like the first year, I think in a while, that we've actually had enough bowl games for all bowl eligible teams to actually go. You remember that year a few years ago when Louisiana Tech was like, no, we're going to hold out for a good bowl and didn't go bowling at all? Do you remember that? Yes. <clears throat> yes, I do. Feel bad for them, but so, Sunny Company's gonna make it better. So, anyway, um, do you just want to walk through this, or anything you want to add? No, no. I think we can. Uh, I think we broke it up into it. We're gonna go over the playoffs. We're gonna talk about our own personal schools, and then we are going to talk about the random ass bowl game that we're excited for. And I Look, think that's perfect. Can I start with the first bowl game? In my opinion, that is what Army Navy. Random better Army Navy. Are- Army-Navy, we're watching it this weekend, you and I together. That's not a bowl game, though. It's not, but it's the Army-Navy game. In my opinion, this kicks off kind of like pre-bowl season, if you will, because no other games are this weekend. I, I love it that the fact that it's the game where there's no others, and that is the one game that deserves to be by itself. Like, exactly. It is, it's appreciation. You're going to watch it, and you're going to see the scenery. You're going to see the snow. You're going to see the, the you know, I, I don't want to say the wrong, cadets. Is it cadets? Yes. Correct? Cadets. In their uniforms, cheering, like... You know, it's their time to let loose and be just like a normal college person because I'm still wearing heard, gray trench coats. I've literally heard that they get stopped on campus by like older people, like older seniors, and tell them to do push ups and shit. And it's just a different world that I could never imagine being because I'm a big Bon. Uh, but yes, it is. Uh, it is an awesome sight. Are you army definitely or navy? on the bucket list? Uh, so due to due to. Uh, no, it's it's Navy. My dad was in the Navy, so of course I'm going to root for uh, Navy like he would, like he so, used to. So, yes. So, my dad was in the Army, so I've been go Army, be Navy my entire life. Yes. So, Roger Starback talking about the days of him playing, you know, pick up basketball with him, you know, in Virginia. Yeah, there's a little special uh, meaning to that one. So, yeah, I'll go, I'll go Navy. So, we'll have a fun, we'll have a fun game to actually give a shit about this weekend. How about that? All yes, right. absolutely. All right. So get into it. Playoffs. Playoffs? We're talking about playoffs. We got the cotton and the orange. So the way it racked and stacked coming out was Bama, Michigan, Georgia, Cincy, right? So we've got Bama and Cincy in the cotton. We've got Michigan, Georgia in the orange. You have you have like some thoughts here you want to add? Because I have thoughts but I don't want to seal all the thunder. So are you saying thoughts as in like, do I agree with the top four or anything like that? Yeah. Do you agree with the top four? Do you think that 
Yeah, just anything. Uh, you can hear me clicking because I'm ha- okay. Um, I did not. I, I understand they had to change it. It could not be a Bama and Georgia rematch. They had to change that up. I think they could have established that and had the same success if they had gone Michigan one and Georgia four, which I had texted you. I thought it was going to be Michigan, Bama, Cincy, Georgia. Uh, But at the end of the day, it's the matchups that I agree with. It's the teams that I agree with. And I think I don't know when the plan is to go to 12. What is it next year the year after? Are they have they decided that? Because I keep hearing rumors. Well, rumors, but I think they eventually have to. But I think the committee was very relaxed this year. So relaxed that they were able to sit there like they didn't have to discuss who the top four were going to be. Yeah. They just had to discuss how are we going to place them and what's the best matchups. How are we going to put Cincinnati in their place and not make make sure they're not in the championship game? Yeah, that's what this conversation was. Put them against Bama, which, like I said, would have happened if they had two and three. Sure, and and I guess I will say this: I don't like the Cincy Bama matchup. I get it. I think Cincinnati has had a great season. They're going to get outplayed on the off chance that Cincy wins this game. I think right then you just crown them national championships and fuck everybody up. Like, like they beat the number one team. Like, why, why do they have to go play one of the other schmucks? Because I'm afraid they can't do it twice. You know, that I guess. And which, that's is, which is crazy because that usually is something that you see in the NCAA basketball tournament where you yeah. beat the number one team and then you have to go play another really good team and then they lose. <laughs> uh, I mean, but yeah, would that not be the biggest like David and Goliath like conversation yeah. if Cincy beats Bama? Sure. I mean, well, let's do the let's do the winners. And then your prize is like, hey, you get to play Georgia. Congratulations. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yeah, could you imagine them going back to back and beating Bama and Georgia? Like that, that would be would crazy. Deserve it. That would be the all time greatest season of. I mean, like, like fuck the the what the seventy something Dolphins. Like this is the greatest football team of all time. <laughs> all right. So do your picks. So Bama, Cincy. I'm gonna go Bama. Okay. Michigan, Georgia. I want to go Michigan so bad because I grew up a Charles Woodson fan. I do remember the uh, glory who, days who, of Michigan. Did it? Um, and part of me wants to say change it up. I'm going to go Michigan, man. I'm going to go Michigan because the funny thing is in the playoff games, there's been those ones where you're like, that team's not supposed to win. Uh, and it usually happens the, in the anti-Bama game. <laughs> So uh, I'm going to go Bama and Michigan. See, the fact that we you said two things right there. You called me a Michigan man. And you also said the anti-Bama game. Two things here. First off, I hate the term Michigan man. Second off, you can't tell me that Nick Saban didn't sell his soul to the devil. Like, <laughs> you can't tell me he didn't. I'll fight you on that one. You know, I, I saw a special, and you probably saw it too. Do you see what? Do you did you see what Nick Saban does every time they win a national championship? What like goes and tries to win? I don't know. No, they build a home for a family. Oh gosh, shut up! Uh, yeah, it was. It was actually. It it really was. He's actually a good person. Yes, him and his wife. They build a new home every time they win a national championship for a family that needs it in Tuscaloosa. It's. 
it's it's interesting. So I'm just gonna let I'm gonna let you sit there and think about that before you make your prediction. Well, so I'll, I'll give you this. I had, I had never heard this term in my life, and now I've heard it like three times because probably now I'm listening to it. I was took the family to Disney. I was in line. Um, I wasn't even wearing an A and M shirt, and some guy like was in line for a drink. And you this weren't? guy, no, I was wearing a Disney shirt. That's what you do there. There's two things I can count on: you wearing an A and M shirt. And then apparently our buddy wearing an AM shirt because I hadn't seen him in years. And then he shows up with the AM shirt, AM hat. Yeah. We have a great. There's no good AM hats. We have. Like, I don't know why he's wearing one. Well, because Maroon doesn't look good at all. Yeah, but so they don't. If you throw, they don't if do you good. throw, Mar- you, if you throw you Maroon on a new era hat, it looks horrible. Well, Maroon there is just a bad color. There's one that's all black with a Maroon. Br- anyway, we won't get into it. Point of it is. I'm standing there and I'm wearing a shirt and it's, um, do you know, if you've seen Toy Story 4, you have, and it has Sporky or whatever his name is. Sporky. And it's him. It's him. It's him. And he's standing there and underneath it, it says, I'm trashed. Like, (laughs) what's the uh, Canadian Joe? I don't know. The guy in Toy Story 4, the the daredevil, Keanu Reeves. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, maybe I don't know. I have it? a I have a Canadian. Is it Joe? I have a shirt that says that. I'll wear it tomorrow when you okay. get here. I'll bring. I have a couple of good Disney ones. I've got a lot of compliments, but it says I'm trashed. It's like the bartenders were giving me um, compliments on it, but this guy was like, "Hey, I like your shirt." I was like, "Oh, thanks," and got into conversation with this bullshit. And he's like, "Um, you know, I'm actually from Florida. I'm a I'm a, I'm a Florida fan." He's like, "Did you say I'm sorry?" No, I, I did. I was like, "Oh yeah, the Dan Mullen situation." Um, and he's like, oh, "I'll be okay." He's like, "Where'd you go to school?" And I told him, and he's like, "Oh yeah, you guys actually took down Nick Satan this year." And maybe I'm dumb, but I've never heard Nick Saban called Nick Satan. It's just too easy. And I was like, "Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, we." Did. Yeah, you learn some things when you go to the real SEC world. Like it's different. Like it's it's a whole new ball game. But then I was on Reddit and I saw the term Nick Satan pop up again. I was like, I wonder if it's the same guy. Or I'm just like that oblivious. <laughs> oh god. All right. Uh so point I of it said, is you said Michigan Bama. Michigan Bama. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Bama, Georgia. That's yeah, a I safe see bet. Happening because I, I, I see it happening because I don't want a rematch, but we're okay. gonna didn't we already have this problem with LSU? And like, didn't we have a rematch situation a few years ago? Uh, no. The one, we, that, the one that always pops into my head is the BCS scenario where it was the greatest Michigan Ohio State game ever played, where Ohio mm-hmm. State beat Michigan, and they were talking about it needing to be a rematch. But then Tebow and Florida got put in there, and they just kicked Ohio State's ass in the national championship. But uh, I'm sure it's happened in the playoffs. So, oh, yes, it was the Notre Dame Clemson thing, right? Maybe. Anyway, continue. Um, the fact that we talked about either this seems to be in the championship game at this point. Um, Bama, Georgia, and I think I I'm going to go and just predict that Georgia Georgia gets Saban on the on the second go around because I feel I like mean, Saban Saban has a Rough time back to back in people. I'm gonna go Bama. I'm gonna go Bama because I don't want Bama to win. There's always this is a different, this is such a unique setup. We've got three teams that could win this and dethrone Bama, but it it's always disappointing because Bama comes out on top, whether it's Tua throwing a bomb in the end zone or you know, Bama beating Clemson the first year, like when it was supposed to be Clemson winning. I'm gonna go Bama, uh, but I would love to see Harbaugh versus Saban. That would be pretty cool. It would be cool. It'd yeah. be blue and red. It'd be it'd be a nice visual matchup as well. It'd be a great time for us to break out 
everybody wear their colors. I don't want any fucking white jerseys on the field. But that's okay. Uh, I don't know how. I don't like Michigan's like new all blue. You know like, what? All blue like, with the gold letters or gold letters? I like their classic yellow pants. Well, even then, jersey. even then, everybody wear your damn colors. Yeah, but they do a new like Jordan style retro. Like I just. I, I'm retro's actually contradicting that's throwback. I want them to go throwback. They're like helmets are different. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like you're just a fun sucker, but okay. Oh, maybe I am this time. Okay. Let's uh briefly talk about our schools because we do have some you first investment into these games. We had did pay thousands of dollars to get the useless degrees that we got from our schools. Tech is cool, man. I'm not gonna lie. Tech has the Leech Bowl. We have the Liberty Bowl against Mississippi State, and it's already gotten off to a great start because a uh, reporter from Lubbock called Mike Leach, and they had an awesome little interview, and Mike Leach starts off with, well, Texas Tech does owe me $22 million uh, that I'd like to get back. Classic Leach style. He does change it to where there's still great people at Texas Tech that he loves and he appreciates and he had a good time. He does throw some jabs like there is a whole other group of people where he doesn't necessarily like them so much. But that is a a fun little storyline that will go with that game. I'm excited. I'm glad they got the Liberty Bowl. And like I said, not the we'll be bank, bankrupt next year bowl. Cool little uh, side note with the Leach thing going on. There are rumblings that like, oh, fans will root for both teams. Fuck that. I'm going tech all the way. I hope we beat the shit out of Leach. But then today, I love the guy. You know, of course, I wish he would have stayed. Would have been interesting, but it, it it'll be fun. And I don't have to make a prediction because you know I bleed red. I'm going to actually, and black Texas Tech wreck him. Um, I'm going to hope and pray that Tech wins this because I do want to see your team win. Um, and I absolutely cannot stand either Mississippi school. All I can think of is that idiot on YouTube that used to do the cowbell, like that super inbred looking dude, the old the Mississippi State fan that did the cowbell videos all the time. Well, Leach already put out a tweet. He was like, Texas Tech has a big old bell, but ours will uh, ring louder than theirs or something like that. Yeah, they have the most annoying sound in the world. More cowbell. I would rather hear like those freaking kazoos from the World Cup than that shit. Um all right, so for mine, AM, we're playing in the Gator Bowl. So, was that good? Is that right? Gator. We got Wake we're Forest. Gator. Gator. Wake, Wake Forest, man. The Demon Deacons, like, of course, I'm going to go with us on this. I think the spread is pretty large. But you you had a good point earlier, and I kind of want to let you point it out before I have to. Like, our, yes. bowl, our bowl matchups yes. are. Yes. Whoever is picking your bowl games is the biggest, like, no pair of balls guys in the world. Like, what are we doing? Like, we play Duke in the Peach Bowl with Johnny Manziel. We play North Carolina. Who Y'all played North Carolina last year, right? So 2019, we played Oklahoma State. Thank you. 2018, we played NC State. 2017, we played Wake Forest. 2016. No, 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 no. Last year was like the best season y'all have had since Manziel. Who did y'all play last year? Oh no, that that was the that was NC. Yeah, North Carolina. In what bowl game? The Orange Bowl. Yeah. So uh, no, like come on. No, but before before that, it was it was now it's gonna be the Gator. Before 2019, I'm saying it was the Texas Bowl. 
that it was the Gator Bowl before that, the Belk Bowl, the Texas Bowl, the Music City Bowl where we played Louisville and lost. The Liberty Did you lose Bowl. to North Carolina in one of those bowl games? Uh, we lost to Wake Forest in 2017. Ooh. Yeah. All right. So yeah, we need we need to up the ante. I mean, this was a pretty good season for AM. I was expecting them to play in somebody, but I get it. I get it. Um, I tell you what, buddy. I I give two shits about this game. I don't care about Wake Forest whatsoever. I will throw on a maroon shirt if you bring it to me, and I will root for AM versus Wake Forest. And I say AM in this game. I will bring you a maroon shirt, good sir. I can't tell you what I'll do with it after the game, but I, I will wear it, and I will root for AM for one game since you are making the trip over here to H-Town, and I couldn't be more excited about it. Whoop, whoop. Well, I really appreciate that, man. I will make sure that it's a very expensive shirt so you feel really horrible about yourself when you burn it. Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't make it expensive. I would probably make it. I'll make sure I wipe my ass with it first before I give it to you. The one you're wearing now is perfect. That'll that'll do. This is a fucking green shirt, dude. This is one of my favorite shirts. Fuck you. <laughs> That's green. Yes. Oh shit! Mine. I thought it was gray. No, it's actually like it's like military green color. Oh. Um, it's like washed yeah. out. All right. So we talked about our schools, and we got the random. What are we excited for? Ones you go first. I'll go second. This one's easy. Listen to my mentor, who I want to be, Dave Portnoy, Barstool. It's only streaming on Barstool Sports, the Arizona Bowl, first annual. I love the city of Tucson. I have a, a uh, love affection because my uh, family has some alma mater from over there, and a, uh, I've never actually been there. This will be my first time going this summer when I go visit. It's going to be awesome. And it's Boise State, all right, versus uh, who did we say it was there, buddy? Um. Central Michigan. Central Michigan, yeah. And, and Chippewas, right? Something like that. Yes, it is. Uh, since Portnoy like introduced the bowl game and did the video, I mean, he's done it in perfect fashion, making you want to go to the game. It would be awesome. Exciting. Love what they're doing. Love that company. We aspire to be them someday. I'm going with the first annual Arizona Bowl. Nice. Nice. All right, so for me, I'm going to go in a slightly different direction, but someone that I watch on a regular basis, and I absolutely love the fact that he has seen his dreams come to fruition. Uh, Jim, The man shows Jimmy Kimmel, right, um, is now having the L.A. Jimmy Kimmel Bowl presented by, I don't know, some fucking company, um, Oregon State and Utah State. And if you're a Kimmel fan at all, watch the show. He actually got to design the um, the mascot for it. And it's going to be Jimmy Camel. Um, it's pretty funny, actually. Watch it. It's pretty entertaining. And on What's top of guy, I'm sorry, you don't like funny people. Um, on top of that, then you can actually, he actually designed like there's a specialty food and drink pairing. He got to pick the colors of it, all this stuff. Anyway, I think it's awesome that he was able to achieve his, achieve his dreams, just like Portnoy. Um, and hey, we got another bowl game to watch. Like, who's going to be mad at that? Yes, and then I have to throw this out there because my brain is bigger than anybody else's, you know. Big brain. Ole Miss, did I not say that I was riding the lane train? Did I not say that Ole Miss was going to have one of the best seasons ever? Nope. 
No. And they ended up winning 10 games for the first time in the history. Archie Manning, Eli Manning, anything. Their history, they won 10 games this year. And they will be playing in the Sugar Bowl, as I predicted that they would be in a New Year's Six game. Do you know what episode that was? Yeah, it was the preview. Oh, sweet. I'll go back and edit that one. Awesome. Ah, I was right. I will be watching the Sugar Bowl because I would like to see Lane holding that trophy at the end of the day so I can sit back with my hands on my head and just gasp in my smartness. Hey, how's fantasy working out for you? Let's get over that goal line. Uh, we went ahead and covered all the coaching carousel, all the changes that have happened from the big schools to little schools. We talked about all the upcoming bowl games, the ones that we're excited about, the ones that we're ready to watch. Uh, Dick, go ahead and lay those socials on us one more time. All right, Drammer. So as we said at the beginning, don't forget to follow us um, on Instagram and Twitter at uh, 4THDRAM. Instagram is probably the best way to follow us, see what's going on. We've also got our Facebook. Um, our website, 4th Ram and Goal, has all of our links to all of our social media accounts, as well as a little bit about Kurt and I, if you're curious where we hail from. And if you see any errors, emissions, questions, anything like that, kind of that cool part at the end of PTI where they do the error and emissions checks, send us an email, 4th Ram and um, We will give you credit for any of your corrections or uh, you know, additions to the show. Like I said, we may include it. We may just say, fuck you and move on. So, um, and last but not least, don't forget to follow us on all of our social media platforms. And last but not least, don't forget to tell your friends about us and make sure that you're like, comment, subscribe, following us on all the podcast streaming apps, as well as YouTube. So we've got all our podcasts out there now. So Kurt, I think that pretty much wraps us up for the evening, uh, for the episode. We've given all of our thoughts on these drams. Um, I think these are both buys for us at the price point. I think we could say that. And I'm curious what you got lined up for us for as uh, far as a quote of the episode. Well, the fact that you just made me realize we didn't give our overall grade on these glasses. Oh, yeah. Shit. That's how Um, out of tune we are, people. But like in the movie Night's Tale, I forgot my introduction. We forgot our conclusion. We did. Uh Early times. Keep it simple. It's an A. Go buy it. This is my go-to. I always have a bottle. I will continue to have a bottle. I don't care the company name. This is an A for the price all day, every day. The taste. It's bourbon. It's delicious. It's my sweet spot. I love it. Nothing has changed. Dick, go ahead. So this is a B. Um, I would say if you're looking for something a little interesting, the fact that it's a sore pick probably makes it a B plus because it's um, you'll never find another one like this, frankly. Buy it. 40, 45 bucks. If you got to spare, you're looking for something different other than a, a solid go-to. Spice up your life a little bit. Maybe you want to be a baby spice or a posh spice, whatever it is. Give yourself a go in the 1792 uh, bottle and bond picks. Now back to my quote. I mean, it's only... Right, that we've been talking about bowl games, so I will talk about one of the greats and use his quote. The great coach from Ohio State, Woody Hayes, his quote was, the bowl games are only supposed to be a fun reward. I don't know if he was taking a jab at it or he was just being honest, but you got to love the guy. I mean, he was Woody Hayes. So, to the next snap and the next dram, my friends. Drink on, dreamers. <laughs>